Hey, deserving listeners, time to continue watching the trial. Let's watch. I'm not the one who fucking throws fucking pots and... That's different. That's different. That's different. That's one does not <laughs> negate the other. That's irrelevant. It's a complete non sequitur. I think this is the recording that I have reacted to because it's ringing a bell, but he's saying, I think in response to her having said earlier that he pushed her or something, and he's defending himself by saying, well, I'm not the one that throws pots and pans and all that kind of stuff. She seems to have a pattern, a go-to behavior of throwing things, things that are really quite dangerous. So pots and pans, we could imagine. And she didn't deny it. She says, that's different. She didn't say, what are you talking about? I never throw a pot. I mean, you know, if, if me and my wife are having a discussion, she's like, well, I've never thrown a pot and pan at someone. I'd be like, what are you talking about? So the fact that she didn't react against that implies that she was agreeing, you know, at least passively that agreed, I have thrown a pot at you and a pan at you, but that's different. That's different. We've heard her, this is what abusive people will do. I don't know if she's abusive, but they either are justifying it in their mind or desperately trying to justify it to other people that, look, that's different. You were pissing me off at the time. I had good reason to throw that pan at you. And but you pushed me in anger. That was wrong. You know, it's like they can literally believe that weird logic there. But I think that's what they're talking about. Just because I've thrown pots and pans does not mean that you come and knock on the door. Just because there are bases does not mean that you come and knock on the door. Really, I should just let you throw. I'm not saying that. You're saying that. You're putting words in my mouth and then making no, non sequiturs. Giving you a situation. Okay, so. I think what sh they're talking about is she'll be in a room smashing things up, and then he comes and knocks on the door. I, th I don't know, but I think what they're saying is that he is, you know, telling her, you got to let me separate. You can't bang on the door the whole time. It doesn't, this doesn't work. If we're not, if, I, if our fights are going to be more minimal, you, we have to separate. And I think... I think then they got to a point where, this is total speculation, but I think she was saying, well, you do that to me too. You bang on the door too. So we both do it to each other. You know, there are times when I get away and you bang on the door. So we're all even, everything's fine. And I think then he rebutted by saying, well, no, you're destroying things in our home and that's why I'm banging on the door. When I go into the bathroom, I'm just sitting there on my phone. And uh, so that's a different scenario. I think that's what they're saying. Anyway, let's watch. No, you're trying to justify how you don't or do come to the door no, based I'm on whether I throw a positive hand. It's irrelevant. No, I'm justifying how you, you, you seem to think that there's this cowardice in me that runs away and I don't fight for you. And you're justifying that by saying I throw pots and pans? Okay, cool. Let's no, talk about everything you do wrong. I'm not the Okay. It's pretty typical fight that I hear in my office or referred to in my office. You know, people just not really trying to... One or both people not really trying to work things out while they just try to bring up ammo against each other. But she is not denying that. She breaks pots and pans. And it seems as though they are having that conversation about how he will come to the door as well. And he's saying it's different because when I come to the door, it's you're breaking things. 
and then he was saying no i'm i'm trying to point out that i i'm not a you're you're calling me a coward and that seems to be a theme in her attacks of him you're not a man you're a pussy you're a coward and that's a particular profile of abuse verbally abusive individual they will you know use what works or use what feels right to them and again it's this sick often it's this sick motivation to get the person to uh, love them and approach them and be a secure person of course why would you do that but that's the that's the their logic anyway and there it's a theme of i am going to attack your character I'm going to use words and evidence and scream at you to convince you that you are a pile of crap because one, I feel like you are. And two, if you feel that way, then you'll start to realize that there's something wrong with you and then you'll change your ways. And three, because that's how I feel on the inside and I haven't healed from that or dealt with that yet. And one of the ways that I process that feeling is to make other people feel the way I do on the inside. I said to Travis, I said, Good. no, I said to you, hey, okay. tell Travis what just happened. You oh, you tell told me to do it. You yeah. told me to. You said, go do that. I said, no, tell, tell him what just happened. And I lied. And that you punched me in You're the right. fucking thing. And you, you figured it out. Face. And you said, no, fuck it. No, I didn't. What the fuck are you talking about? And I, I watched punch you lie. And then I, I didn't I punch said, you, by the I, way. You, I'm sorry that I didn't. Uh, uh, hit you across the face in a proper slap, but I was hitting you. It was not punching you. Babe, you're not punched. Don't tell me what it Wow. I've heard this clip before. Wow. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, just think about that statement. I'm sorry I didn't slap you across the face in the proper way. I mean, imagine that, you know, however, whatever word you use, you struck your partner. And maybe they use a word that you're like, eh, a little semantic. And your response is, I'm sorry, you know, the sarcasm. I'm sorry I didn't hit you across the face in the proper way, you know. How dare you use that word? And I mean, how does that make any sense? There's no logic to that. There's, It's like she feels like she's defending herself when... There's no defense. Like, I'm trying to think of a different defense. Like, uh, well, you were so horrible that I didn't know what else to do. Like, that, of course, also wouldn't be a defense, but at least there would be some logic there. But nitpicking about the word, and I'm sorry. Let's rewind that. I said to Travis, I said, no, I said to you, hey, tell Travis what just happened. Oh, you told me to do it. You yeah. told me to. You said, go do that. I said, no, tell, tell him what just happened. And I lied. And that you punched me in the You're fucking right. thing. And you you figured it out. And you said, no, fuck it. No, I didn't. What the fuck are you talking about? And I, I watched punch you, you lie. And then I, I didn't I punch said, you, by the I, way. you. I'm sorry that I didn't uh, uh, hit you across the face in a proper slap, but I was hitting you. It was not punching you. I was hitting you. I was not punching you. I mean, I, I keep wondering when they make the short movie or the miniseries about this, what what lines they will absolutely have to include. And I think that's one of them. <laughs> I hit you. I didn't punch you. Now, I think what she's defending against and really trying to shoehorn in is he's saying, 
I asked Travis to come in and you lied to him. And I think in this moment, she's like, I didn't lie because you said I punched you. I didn't punch you, so I didn't lie in that moment. I think that's what she's trying to say. Babe, you're not punched. Don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. You, you know, even a lot of fights have been around a long time. I don't know. Yeah. No, when you fucking have a close You face. didn't get punched. You got hit. I'm sorry I hit you like this, but I did not punch you. I did not fucking deck you. I fucking was hitting you. I don't know what the motion of my actual hand was, but you're fine. I did not hurt you. I did not punch you. I was hitting you. I mean, just imagine that you're wrestling with the fact that you struck your partner and they're they're not even he's not even criticizing he, he's mainly saying you lied to travis about it that's his main kind of point here and you raise your voice at him you say no you're wrong and you're fine and you've been punched before you've been around the block like just imagine wow it's really upsetting. Upsetting. How? What am I supposed to do? Do this? I, I'm not sitting here bitching about it, am I? You are. That's the difference between me and you. You're a fucking baby. You are such a baby! Oh my god. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've heard this before, but... Holy mackerel. Wow. I'm laughing out of pain I guess it's that's awful you're a baby and then escalation yelling overpowering bulldozing he just brought it up as a topic you know he's not saying anything about it. he's not saying I'm crying myself to sleep every night, which would be fine, but he's not saying that. He's not saying that he wants to leave her. He's just saying, you lied to Travis about that, you know, you, and don't tell me that I, that I wasn't punched. You punched me. I, I hit you. I didn't punch you. And then when she's backed into a corner and there's no way out other than to take responsibility and to say, I'm sorry, I never should have done that. I shouldn't have lied. I shouldn't have hit... You, you call it a punch, I would call it a hit, doesn't matter. Either way, I was wrong, completely wrong. And I'm sorry. And I'm ashamed of myself. I don't know, I don't know what went wrong. I have a problem, you know. That's the proper response. But, you know, to escalate and start yelling at him and then to verbally abuse him in the midst of talking about a moment where you were physically abusive. And... You victims, you people out there who have been victimized by intimate partner aggression and violence, this will look very familiar. When you finally speak up or you, you know, even if you don't speak up, even if you cower, the, the, the abuser knows what's going on in your head that you are afraid and you believe that you're being abused and there'll be this, not all the time, but impulse from the abuser to say, oh, stand up, you you pussy, you baby, you know, you've been around the, like, what a pathetic piece of crap you are. Like, yeah, wow. I've heard this audio before, I believe, but I think, I, you know, I hadn't heard it having heard all the testimony up until this point. So, it, you know, it has a particular punch, if you will. Shut the fuck up. 
up, did you Tony. Did start a physical fight? I did start a physical fight. Yeah, you did, so I had because, to get the fuck out of there. Yes, you did. So you did the right thing, the big thing. The, you know what? You are admirable. A lot of details in there, too. He says, you started a physical fight. And she says, yes, I did. And he says, I got out. And she's like, yes, you did. You're admirable. Like, you know, that's a desperate argument tactic because she's just agreeing with him at that point. And just, I guess, trying to make a point like he's a baby in the whole thing. But I, I think she just doesn't know what to say because there's nothing to say other than to repeat what he says in a sarcastic tone as if somehow that demeans him or dismantles his argument. Mr. Depp, could you please explain to the jury what they just heard on those audio recordings? What what was just played on the audio recordings was um, very much the tone and the aggression and the attitude um, and the need for a fight from Ms. Heard, that was, I don't know if that was some need for attention, but um, I don't, it, that, 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 was, that was a sound that I had gotten very used to. Yeah, I, I would have a hard time believing that those recordings were anomalies. The way it sounded and the reports we've heard it, it probably was a very, I mean, the, how quickly she escalates and how consistently she did in these recordings to bulldozing to, to, I mean, if you hear if what Johnny Depp is saying, he's, you know, he's trying to hold together. I'm sure there were times when he lost control, but at least in these recordings, you know, he's, he's like trying to make a point. And I think he's trying to say, if I explain it, you will see and agree that it was wrong, you know, like, and I think he's wanting her to at least say, wow, that's wrong that I did that. Or, wow, I don't know what to say to that. Or just something. Because sometimes individuals will come in and they'll describe a partner like this. And I will coach the individual on how to talk to them. So one of the things I would tell someone like Johnny Depp to say would be in this situation, honey, I love you. I, I don't want to leave you. I I I'm with you. I'm married to you. Together, I'm dedicated to you. I'm loyal. And I love you. And... I want to talk about something you did last night because what I'm looking for is for you to agree that those things happened. I'm not, I don't want to shame you. I don't want to build a case against you because I'm with you, but I want to agree that those things happened. And I, I, I might even understand why you did them. And I know you probably didn't intend on getting, going down that road, but I want to talk about this and agree on some things because I actually do want to make our relationship better. I want to feel better around you. I want to have us get along more so our relationship is better so we can live happily ever after. So I'm going to talk about my experience last night, but keep in mind that I love you. And the only reason why I'm telling you this is because I, I want us to be better as a couple. I'm not telling you this stuff because I think you're a terrible person. And if you admit at least some version of my story that you did do those things, that will actually make me love you more, not less, because that's what I'm desperately looking for. Now, will it work? I don't know. Sometimes, maybe not. But that's what it takes to begin a conversation like that with someone who has the triggering that I believe Amber Heard might have. The, the squabbling, the, the, you know, 
the, the raising of the voice to essentially excommunicate anything that I had to say about uh, the situation. And I, I do remember the <clears throat> that incident. I believe that, that that's from the, um, when I was, um, I was in the bathroom and I, I was in fact taking a shower and uh, th this was in penthouse three and she came banging on the door, banging on the door, banging on the door. I didn't answer. I was in the shower. I couldn't deal with it. I didn't want to deal with any more of, uh, of that uh, sarcastic, demeaning, um, aggressive, violent, toxic spew. Yeah, that describes it, at least the case they're making. All those words absolutely describe it. Sarcastic, demeaning, violent, toxic spew. And so I was taking a shower and I didn't want to answer the door. She kept banging. And then I finally got out of the shower and I opened the bathroom door about just that that much just so I could have a a good hold on the door uh, in case she tried to burst in. I mean, just imagine that. Your partner. This isn't someone breaking into your house to kill you or to steal your stuff or abduct you. This is your wife. And you're in the shower and she's banging on the door and screaming again. And at first you're sitting there like, okay, I'm just in the shower. I'm just going to I'm just gonna ignore it and she'll go away. She doesn't, it just keeps happening. So, okay, fine. So go to the door, open it up, but I still want my safe cocoon here, my place. So if she, tr cause I predict she will try to burst her way in cause she's maybe done that in the past. So I'm gonna put my hand on the door because if she starts to, I'm gonna push her out. I mean, just imagine what you've been through to get to that point. I was right, she did. Uh, she tried, to, she was, bathroom doors go in. Uh, she was pushing her, all her weight on the door, trying to get in. And I was pushing back because I, I, I didn't want to let her in because I didn't, obviously didn't want the conversation. She was not in the best of moods, you can, you can hear. So when I was pushing the bathroom door, trying to close it and was almost closed she suddenly kind of yelped in in pain and she she screamed out ow my toes or my foot or something so in that second i thought possibly her 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 foot had gotten caught under the door which would of course not feel great on the foot or the toes so i thought she was maybe injured so i i knelt down to have a look the, the door was still it was it was still pretty well about that much open and when i knelt down uh on my hands and knees to look at her foot to see the injury she kicked uh the bathroom door into my head oh my god again 
The Amber Heard fans will say this is all lies or it's circumstantial or it's situational violence or something. Okay, maybe, you know, we weren't there. But if this is true or even close to true, my goodness. I mean, I don't know why, but in my head, the extent to the violence against Johnny Depp was in, I, I thought, and I, I don't know why I had this impression, but it seemed like it was minimal. There were some significant events for sure, but I thought it was on the order of like a few incidents of pushing or something. But my God, that's imagine bang, 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 let me add you. And then, like, please, can we? And then now maybe her foot was hurt. I don't know. But of course, she's trying to. I mean, just imagine that forcing yourself in to someone's you know, bathroom while they're taking a shower for what? And he's trying to push back. Maybe her foot was hurt, whatever. He looks down and then she kicks the door. Now you could argue she might say, I didn't mean to him in the head. I just wanted to kick the door open. Still, <laughs> my goodness. Wow. Yeah, she kicked the bathroom door into my head and, uh, I was I was completely taken aback by such a, 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 a corrosive, horrific move. So I stood up, and I believe I I stood up, and I, at the, by by this at this point the door was open. I stood up, and I said, I think I said, I think I said, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? And. Um, the next move was just a bang. It just, uh, she clocked me in the jaw. Wow. I mean, I'm sure you all know this because you've seen the stuff and the footage and the things. And so you've already been shocked by these accounts. But I did not know it was this extensive. This is extensive. Wow. That, that that audio recording was about her uh, trying to make less of what had happened. In fact, trying to make less of what had happened by repeating some story to me that didn't make any sense. And it certainly didn't make any sense since I was there and I was the target. Right. So if this is true, this is what Amber Heard is referring to as, I didn't punch you, I, I hit you. And you're a baby and that that's what she's referring to this is the story now at no point did she say will you hit me now maybe he did but she never it seems like that would have come up i mean it looked like she was looking for any ammunition to throw at him she never said anything that at least in that clip that indicated any justifiable reason for breaking down the door and kicking the door into his head like and punching him that she never brought that up like well i did that because you know her thesis was well you're not trying you're you you're escaping the solution you won't talk with me that's what she was saying i did those things because you wouldn't talk to me wow some confirmation from someone with some semblance of a uh, a mind that could understand what was happening Oh, I wanted Mr. McGivern to come up, and I asked her to tell him what had just happened. 
And her answer was essentially, I don't know what he's talking about. Nothing happened. He's fine. And um, once again, uh, I told Mr. McGivern, time to uh, leave the premises. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Infant House 3, which is upstairs. And as I was approaching the door to my office, Miss Heard ran out of the master bedroom or our bedroom and uh, started uh, just throwing wild punches at, uh, at, at me, at the back of my head, at the side of my head, at my, anything that she could connect with. All right, so they're talking about the scratches on his face that we saw a previous picture of when the security individual was testifying and Johnny Depp, according to his testimony, is saying that there was a moment where Amber Heard was raging and upset and he was trying to get away, get into his office, and she came up behind him and was striking him about the face. Mezzanine there, and um, as I'm approaching the door, suddenly I'm just getting clobbered from behind and and one's natural primal instinct is to, is to kind of duck and cover. So I ducked and covered, but they didn't stop. So I, I came up this, this like this, um, sort of protecting my face, but at the same time, with their arms swinging wildly, I, uh, I put my arms up and I, and I was able to get her into it. All right, who knows what really happened, but certainly sounds believable. He says he was trying to defend himself. He then turned around, try to control her, bear hug her, control her, you know, stop her from punching him. Okay, hard to know. I'm guessing Amber Heard has a different account. We could take our own guesses as to who's telling the truth. Certainly at this point, this is consistent with a lot of the other testimony, but we'll wait and see. Because of the grabbing of the arms and, and, and holding them to her side, so that I didn't receive any more blows, um, and, and she was still fighting, I believe there was some kind of contact with our, our heads, our foreheads, as would happen if you're trying to uh, calm someone like that um, and then that was when she uh, accused me of head headbutting her yeah who knows but 
certainly his story sounds believable. It's consistent with a lot of other things that have been said. If that happened, or even if he had had butted her in that situation, that would be defensive in my book. And then she either knowingly lies or unconsciously lies. And that's something that I feel like needs to be pointed out. I feel like I already have, but in this example that, so who knows what really happened. But let's say this this is pretty accurate to what happened. And Amber Heard afterwards, or even in the moment, perceives the event as actually he attacked her. And the fact that she was the aggressor up until that point is almost like selectively forgotten. People with histrionic, they, not all of them, but some of them will lie so compulsively that they've never lived in the truth, such that they don't even know what the truth is. They don't even know how to hold on to the truth. They live in such a fantasy world that is completely constructed by their own defenses that they could say something to themselves and then never stop to think, is this accurate? And then and then pass a lie detector test, you know, seem really quite convincing and be convinced of it themselves. Five minutes later, they could say, you know, she could say, you headbutted me. And he's like, I didn't headbutt you. I was trying to hold you from hitting me. And some people, not everyone, I'd say like, you know, 30, 40% of people with histrionic would have this presentation of being able to say, no, you headbutted. I didn't hit you. I, or I was, I barely did anything to you. Or, you know, they'll, they'll be able to switch the details so much that they actually believe that they were attacked because to be attacked is the next step in their defensive approach of trying to get attention. And also the defensive approach of avoiding blame, which is associated with abuse and, and neglect and, and, and rejection. So it, I feel like that needs to be pointed out because there's a chance, and I, I think I've said this before, that if Amber Heard is lying, she might not even know that she's lying. That's how disturbed people with histrionic can be. It's not a choice that people make. It doesn't mean that she's not wrong. It doesn't, if she is lying, it doesn't mean that she shouldn't get, uh, feel the full brunt of the consequences of that. But I don't know the answer to that question, honestly. But I'll tell you the notion that somehow, if she's lying, that she automatically knows even most of the extent of her lying is actually, you know, possibly not true. It's also possible she knows she's lying. You can be histrionic and obviously know that you're lying. She also might not be lying. <laughs> Uh, of, of giving her a, a headbutt and uh, breaking her nose, but um, there was there was no blood. There was no. I, I didn't hit her nose. I, if there was anything at all, it was a it, it was a bump of. Uh, well, I'm trying to restrain her. She's trying to get out of it. There's going to be some contact here and there, accidental contact, but not a headbutt. How did you uh, escape this altercation? After she'd made the remark about the fact that I headbutted her, which which was just impossible. Okay, I was wondering about that. So she claimed immediately that he headbutted her. I don't know, but an hypothesis that I would have is that there was some incidental contact between their heads, as he says he thinks that happened which would make sense. I mean, if she's 
in this total chaotic meltdown, just flailing at his head. He's restraining her. You know, you just imagine there's a there's a struggle there. There's there's going to be contact, and my guess is is that her nose did get hit. And when you get hit in the nose, it can be very noticeable, right? <laughs> like it, there's a sensation of my nose just got hit. I, I th- we must have evolved that on some level. Like avoid at all costs your nose being hit, and she felt that and was taken aback and then either immediately turned to using that against him in a volitional knowing way or felt like he had purposely tried to hit her nose because you get that sensation in a struggle like you know it happens so fast that even as he's describing it that you could imagine with within half a second it's all that thing happened then boom nose and you're you're reeling from that it would be potentially reasonable to think that as a possibility that he did it on purpose and then immediately starts to accuse him of that if she has histrionic as a way of trying to in this very unlikely way to work trying to garner attention trying to garner sympathy by claiming that he had headbutted her now there's another world where i suppose we'll hear from amber heard that johnny depp was intoxicated or he's abusive and rageful himself and made sure no one else was around and just walked up to her and headbutted her. But I guess y'all can make the choice as to whether or not you believe that. She huffed off. I let her go. She huffed away and she was gone for about seven or eight minutes. And then when she came back, I was in the, I was, then I was in the bedroom of penthouse three, our bedroom. And she came back about seven or eight minutes later and she had a Kleenex of tissue to her nose and um and she then she pulled it away from her nose and she showed it to me and there was red it was indeed like red color on the on the tissue but me i know that there was no connection to her nose no part of my body made connection to her nose now if i'm going to take johnny depp's word or believe that he's trying to tell the truth trying to remember the truth and I'm looking at it from that paradigm, I would still question that conclusion that her nose did not receive contact with his face somehow. And because if you've ever been in an altercation like that, it it's so fast and there's so many things happening. Your adrenaline is going that you might not remember something or, you know, it's all happening so fast and boom, the the nose, her nose hits his forehead and he doesn't feel it. He didn't see it. You know, he's dealing with other things, obviously. The other part that I'll say is that I've said this before. There's no way to detect lies. There's no way to detect truth. Body language experts will often go way beyond into pseudoscientific claims that they can tell. I will tell you that I started to actually watch some body language experts on YouTube because earlier I was I was blanketly saying that they, they are all, I don't know, dubious. And I, I can't remember which ones they were, but there there were some that were making claims that were extremely tentative. They, they were saying, well, and they actually were using the research regarding body language and, and emotion, not to definitively say, they were, I think, analyzing Amber Heard, not to definitively say, that she was lying or not, but to look for evidence of 
of something that something else that might be going on. You know, when people are telling the truth, there tends to be a congruence in their body and their face and their words, and there also tends to be less tentativeness or less changes of direction in the tone and of the um, of the emotion, if you will, the the tracking of what's happening. And the vast majority of handwriting experts and body language experts that I have seen, this is just an anecdote, are far-reaching, basically psychics who are claiming that they can read people's minds, which is just not true. Eye movement stuff, that in particular. And, and I will say that the the body language, the clip I saw, there was no mention of eye movement. It was It was none of that pseudoscience. So I want to modify that. The other thing I want to talk about is that in relation to that, I am aware of that research and I also have a sense of when people are lying and people are telling the truth. I can never know and I would never claim that I knew, but you know, I I can make some guesses. And I will say that the way Johnny Depp presents, it seems like the truth in that as he's telling the story, it doesn't appear that he's trying to figure out what to say. You know, when you're lying, especially in a situation like this, you have to think and be careful, right? To not tell the truth or to not say a lie that doesn't make any sense. Whereas if you're just telling the truth, then it's much easier just to kind of rattle it off. His facial expressions, very consistent. Now, I will say that he seems like the sort of person who either doesn't want to show emotion or doesn't typically show emotion because the things that he's talking about, I'm guessing, were very hurtful to him. And he has a lot of trauma around, a lot of pain around it, but he doesn't exhibit any signs of that while he's on the set. I mean, a little bit, but, but not a lot. Certainly not as much as what Amber Heard is displaying or trying to display when she gives her testimony, or even when she's listening, honestly. When she's listening to him, She's exhibiting more emotion, which is consistent with people with borderline and histrionic, not all of them, but many of them, or just of normalcy, right? I mean, the, that's what I keep thinking, like, is, you know, forget about who's to blame and who's not, like, the things that they're going over. I'm just imagine, you know, we're watching other famous people, just imagine for yourself, the worst relationship you've ever been in, you have to review in front of a jury and lawyers are asking questions, and you have to remember with detail and listen to your partner tell in detail their version of the story and you have you can't refute anything in in the immediate so i think her reaction would also just be normal i think i is there anything like so she said uh, she took it away and she showed it to me she said way to go johnny you broke my nose you broke my nose okay who knows but a nose break is something else. You break someone's nose, it's it's a thing. <laughs> now, sometimes you can have a break and have it not be all-encompassing pain and debilitating, but the way Johnny Depp is telling the story, it I don't know, there's a chance that it wasn't actually broken is, is what I'm saying, which I think a lot of you would be thinking. So if we take his account, yeah, I mean, it certainly fits with someone who is abusive, terribly abusive, violent, rageful, entitled, completely unaware of what they're doing in terms of the morality of it, totally one-directional in this very strange way, trying to gain contact with someone, trying to 
you know, have make someone love you and or have them not leave you, I guess would be more specific. And then there's contact. We would imagine that if Johnny Depp had been injured that way, he would slink away and try to get away from her. For her, she comes right back up to him and says, you know, look what you did. And I don't know, it just kind of fits a profile of an abusive person who is trying to make excuses for their behavior and also trying to appear like a victim when they're not. But I don't know. I'm I'm still, I've decided that after I watch Johnny Depp's testimony and and maybe Cross, I'm going to skip ahead and actually watch Amber Heard's testimony because a lot of people are asking me to react to that. And I feel like if I watch everything in between, it'll be weeks before I get there. Plus, I'm just curious. So uh, watch out for that. And I knew I hadn't. So I said, in you go into sort of placation mode, which is, oh, my God, let me see. Are you okay? What happened? Let me see. And she wouldn't let me see anything. And so I just tried to calm the situation as best I could. Um, All the while, I was waiting for her um, to dispense with that Kleenex because I didn't trust it. And so I waited. Oh, he thinks it wasn't her blood. He thinks or it wasn't her nose blood or something. So he's thinking that she's lying and he wants to get a hold of that Kleenex. I wonder if this is toward the end of their relationship when they might be thinking they need to gather evidence against each other. She dropped it into the wastebasket in her bathroom, or in our bathroom, and uh, left the room. Went somewhere downstairs, I think, I don't know. And then I pulled the Kleenex out of the the trash uh, bin, and I inspected it pretty closely and realized that it was nail polish. Wow, if that's true. Oh, if that's true. I can't believe what I'm hearing. I mean, I can, but that's astonishing. Yeah, all the different hypotheses I had about what could have happened, I think, because if it is Neopolish... Her nose might have never been touched or kind of touched a little bit of pain. She walks out of the room and she's like, any blood, any blood? Oh, no blood. Okay, well, what do I do here? What I'll say, I I think I said this earlier, that people with histrionic and others who engage in pathological lying, not all histrionic people engage in pathological. There's a lot of avenues that histrionic individuals will go down in terms of trying to garner a constant supply of attention because they all have the underlying relational wounds that create that desperateness but some of them will engage in pathological lying meaning lying that is compulsive impulsive without thought of consequence and sometimes without even benefit to themselves meaning that they will lie even though it's so easy to detect when they're lying and it's weird i've treated people like that lying in spite of yourself. For example, I'm thinking that if Dr. Curry is right about the conceptualization, that Amber wants him to love her, wants him to like her, wants him to not leave her, wants him to be a safe attachment figure. So why in the world would you put nail polish on a tissue paper and shove it up your nose and say, look what you did to me? It doesn't make any logical sense, but that's the logic. They're 
lying by doing this to get you to love them. They think it will work in their heart. Of course, it does not work. Oh, I think I've had a glass of wine with, there was, there was one bottle of wine that uh, Ed White had brought to the meeting that <clears throat> we, between I don't know how many, five or six of us, we had a, we, we had a glass of wine. Could you tell the jury who Ed White is? Oh yeah, sorry. Ed White was my, at the time he was my um, uh, new business manager, um, and he was quite a, he was quite a professional, you know, nearly forensic uh, uh, business manager, and he had shown me things that, uh, from 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 my former business managers, were quite Jack disturbing. You're saying? I, I believe he said he showed him. Yes, he sh uh, yes, I looked at papers. Maybe they're hearsay papers. Yeah. As a, uh, now, I get it. You, as the Amber Heard legal team, want to fight every bit of hearsay you can. And there's good reason to do that. You can't have someone say, well, someone else told me that they saw, that they saw someone who saw someone who saw, you know, you just, if, if you're going to make a case, you got to bring those people in. So I get that. But they seem to be, they seem to have an itchy trigger finger. Uh, he, he's talking about how, well, first off, I, I didn't react to because it just seemed like yet another story that Johnny Depp is claiming that Amber Heard was abusive to him, where he, she threw something at his face, according to a story seemingly out of nowhere. And there were two of his people, employees that worked on his island who claimed they saw it and that was hearsay to claim like you're being abused and you're like that person was there that anyway he didn't really say that so maybe i can get it but now he's talking about how it doesn't even have anything to do with the case i don't think that his business manager is showing him documents that claim that his previous business manager was not very good at their job Johnny Depp can't say that he saw those documents, that he was told that. He, he can't say, I was told this. I don't know if it's true, but this expert told me. Like, I mean, I get it. I'm sure some lawyer will email me and say, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. The vast majority of lawyers who have contacted me have been you know, quite polite and, and informative. Anyway, he's getting frustrated. I, I, I would, too, a little bit. I'm sure he's been instructed to not let them rattle him. Maybe that's even the tactic. I, I believe he was being shown financial documents. All right, all right. So, I'll, well, I'll say this any hearsay that might be understood. Right, next question. I don't know. It kind of seems like the judge will allow the objections from Amber's counsel as opposed to Johnny's counsel. Um, Mr. Depp, when you arrived at the party, how did Ms. Heard greet you, if at all? Very cold. What did she say to you? Not much. Not much. Except occasionally she would tear herself from the conversation that she was in just to lean towards me. I was, I was sitting to, <clears throat> to her right and I would get a, a quick earful of, I can't believe you, I can't believe you've done this to me on my birthday. I can't believe I'm so embarrassed. So this would be consistent with borderline, particularly histrionic to some extent, that for her on her birthday, 
you know, just take note. This is her as an adult. She's not 10 years old and, but probably feels like that. Right. And he said that he had a, a very important meeting and he sh- says he showed up an hour and 45 minutes late to her birthday party with her friends at, at their house. And yeah, you could imagine anyone being hurt a little bit by that. You could also imagine people not caring because they see their partner every day. You know, like if, if my wife had a party with her friends, pretty sure she wouldn't notice I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, that's an exaggeration, but, you know, it's not far. I mean, she sees me all the time. We work from home. So, uh, in fact, she probably <laughs> we're at the point now where if I go out with my friends, she's like, ooh, the house to myself, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> So I don't think she would be that upset. But, you know, can you imagine people being a little hurt by it? But certainly not excessively so. But if you have personality disorder, it will absolutely trigger that. And if we're to believe the Johnny Depp's narrative, then that wound results in anger response and rage. And then that results in abuse, seething anger and rage and she can't hold, she can't yell at him she can't hit him because there's other people around so she has to let it out in spurts of verbal violence i will say another thing that i saw before i forget someone sent a clip of a reality show that amber heard and her sister were on a while back and the claim or what we see is on the show is there are people her friends Asking Amber's sister why she has a bruise and on her face, and this is my impression, and the friends are th- seemingly guessing that Amber Heard did it somehow. And they keep asking Amber and the sister, what's going on there? What's going on there? How come that's happening? You know, and they're asking in a light way, maybe thinking that it was not as rageful or abusive as it could have been. And... Amber Heard and or her sister keep saying, like, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. So there seems to be potentially a larger pattern. Of course, I don't know. There's, there's people would read into there's so many other stories that are possible to that. But I don't know. I just feel like let's just add that to the list of data points. Um, you know, which I found odd because I'd kept her informed all, all, all day. And the last text that I'd received was a request for wine and marijuana. So when I got there and received that uh, attitude, I, what could I do? Um, yeah, it reminds me of an acquaintance of mine who, I don't know what she suffers from, but it's possible that she suffers from borderline. Uh, I tend not to diagnose my friends. It's hard not to sometimes. And some people say, oh, you can't do that. And of course, I don't officially diagnose them or believe I somehow, you know, have a good understanding of their personality without proper assessing them. But, you know, you spend enough time with someone, you you start to see signs of things. And you might even ask them, like, you kind of look like you have this problem. And and I'll, I'll, as a friend, I'm just curious and care. And and then through the conversations, I can, I say, oh, in my head, I will point that out. So I had an acquaintance as a kind of a friend of a friend situation and long story short i won't go into the details so i don't out this person potentially i innocently was trying to please everyone and 
she felt as though I somehow disappointed her, which I, to this day, can't really figure out how I did that because there wasn't anything wrong with what was happening. That's all I can really say. Anyway, we were in a crowd and she would occasionally turn to me and do that exact thing. She would in, it would look from the outside like she was just saying something in confidence to me or maybe even whispering something to me that was, you know, like something that you would just say something friendly because you're in a noisy room. And the thing she was was saying to me was was pretty nasty. It was pretty rageful. But if you just looked at her, you wouldn't you wouldn't notice anything. And I think she instantly regretted it, honestly, looking back and instantly thought, he's a therapist. He probably knows. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just a fantasy. She could have actually thought, yeah, good job for me. I, I let him have it. Maybe I was even in the wrong. I don't know. Uh, but it just reminds me of that because when you have those wounds and people with borderline histrionic do and you have that poked at because you're not only did your husband show up late this is actually a huge flashpoint for people with borderline if it isn't obvious that when you say you're going to be somewhere to someone with borderline and you don't show up on time every second that ticks by they are hurt pain 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 if it's three minutes late they'll have this much pain if it's two hours late it's a lot more pain and when they have that much pain they have that much commensurate rage and anger not all people with borderline will have anger and externalize it like that but if she has it she seems like she fits the profile of that and then abuse and anger, verbal abuse, maybe violence. So I say this because if you have someone like this in your life, if you're going to pay attention to something, it's being on time or early because of that thing or telling someone you'll be late and then show up early, if that makes sense. Because to you, showing up to a grown woman's birthday party where she's with all her friends an hour and 45 minutes late when you have a very important meeting and the party's going to go on all night and you'll be there eventually and she's a grown woman and her birthdays shouldn't matter that much you think to you you're just like what's the big deal but to them it's a huge deal now does that mean that you're beholden to that no but if you're trying to manage the relationship as you go to therapy that that's one thing to do yeah because i see that all the time with people with borderline like it applies to me and it and in that if I show up late to a session, which I almost never do, but I'll hear about people with borderline having having therapists in the past prior to me that the therapist would show up late and it would just it would just massively trigger them, you know, in a way that is excessive um, and uh, should be avoided, you know, in therapy. That's why you want to be on time if you're a therapist. But yeah, so Johnny is describing something about borderline that's really quite familiar to me. So I just made the best best of it and talked to her friends and uh because they were all her friends except for I believe nurse Aaron. Aaron was there I believe. What's Aaron's last name? Uh, Aaron Borum, nurse Aaron, who had been the nurse assigned to Mesherd. So I just I, I just had conversations with the various people there. Her makeup artist, um Melanie Iglesias was there with her fella and uh, I remember speaking French with them. I didn't really eat, wasn't feeling it. Did you have any drinks at the once you arrived at the birthday party? Uh, uh, wine. How Gla many glasses? 
Uh, I don't. Maybe two. Maybe because they were like large. You know, the large sort of um, Bordeaux glasses. So yeah, maybe two two glasses of wine. By the time it started to uh, wind down. How many um, how many drinks did you observe Miss Heard consume after you arrived at the party? I, I really couldn't say because I I. I all I saw was just there was she had she was drinking wine. So it's another believable aspect to his testimony, generally speaking, that when he's asked a question that one might interpret as an opportunity to throw ammunition at the other party, he just says, I don't know. That adds to the credibility. Now, he could be lying and he's an actor after all. He's been coached, I'm sure. And did it seem to you that you'd been drinking wine prior to your arrival? I was sure, since I was an hour and 40 minutes late, that Ms. Hurd was well into the wine before I got there, yes, certainly. Off the bed, and she squared off at me in the doorway of our bedroom. And I said, what do you, what do you want to do, hit me again? Yeah, I mean, there's so many believable details to this. I mean, either he is a master teller of lies or he's just telling the truth because there's so many things that line up with common stories along these lines that she got triggered. And and the little bit that I've seen, and we'll get to Amber Heard's testimony, obviously, it's uh, soon, but the little bit that I've seen that she has said about him there doesn't seem to have the beginning, middle, and end that all makes sense to her stories. But there's a beginning, middle, and end to this story, which is I had this important meeting. I didn't want to miss her birthday party, but it was this meeting was very important. The money in our family for me and Amber and the kids were was all at stake, and I couldn't miss it. And so I thought I would be able to miss at least the first you know, hour and a half of her party and I'd, you know, eventually be there. She's turning 30. She should be able to manage on her own. And so I arrive, the, the anger and the rage, and we're both drinking. And then after everyone leaves, she's rageful at me. She's yelling at me. And I say, I'm going to go. I'm, you know, please don't stop me. But I, I need to get out of here because... I know this is going to just escalate and get worse and worse and you're intoxicated, I'm intoxicated. It's just better that we wait till the next day. You know, this is very consistent with what everyone is saying including him. Even Amber on the recording refers to a lot of this behavior of him always leaving and then she stands in the doorway, very common for people who are pathologically pursuers in a relationship, particularly people with borderline who engage in abusive behavior. Again, most people with borderline are not abusive, but many are. And he stands up and he doesn't have any interest in getting into a violent altercation with her. It's not his thing. And so he's like, what are you going to get out of the way, please? What are you going to do? Hit me. And so it, it just, it all fits together, you know? Now, does that mean that you know, one thing I was skeptical of is, you know, they often will ask him how much he was drinking. His attorneys will ask. And the way he responds, it just sounds like someone who's trying to minimize their use, probably because 
there's a chance because he's and him and his people have stated that he has a very high tolerance an abnormal tolerance which means he drinks a lot so that's what that says he is saying that he whenever he answers questions about how much he was because they asked how much did you drink before the party and how much did you drink at the party and essentially he was saying i I drank a glass of wine before and i had two big glasses of wine at this you know several hour party it's possible totally what why would i disbelieve that but given all his testimony about addiction and and use and the science of minimization that he had before and that it doesn't help his case to err on the side of uh, more drinking because it could throw his testimony into question about his memory and whatnot. So that is one part where I'm like, oh, I don't know. If I, if, I were, I, if I were to put my money down, I would say it was more than three glasses of wine in the, in the entirety of that night. But, you know, who knows? But that doesn't negate. And especially if he has a high tolerance, then you can drink a lot and still not feel the effects and have it not affect your memory as much as it would someone else. So anyway, I think we're about to hear another terrible altercation. Would you like to hit me again? And I said, go ahead. Hit me. Bam. And then I just said, "Did that? Is that what you wanted? Would you like another? Bam. There's the second one. And I said, good, now you're done. Grabbed her by the shoulders, walked her to the bed, sat her down and said, don't follow me. Leave me alone. I'm out. Wow. I mean, just astonishing. Wow. Just awful. And I know some of you out there have been victims of this. And, you know, look at her face. That's an interesting look. So I'm sure she has a different story, and, you know, maybe some of it's true, maybe all of it's true, her story, I don't know. But his story certainly stands together, holds together. Now, is there a possibility that he also hit her in that moment or was more forceful than he's telling? Maybe, and uh, maybe he doesn't remember or he's playing it down a little bit because he... He's saying, well, I'm not lying, but yeah, you know, I'd I'd put my hands on her. But if we saw it, would it have been more forceful? Would that have been justified given the scenario? I don't know. Probably. I mean, she wouldn't let him leave the room. That's not okay. And then she punched him twice for nothing. (laughs) For coming to her 30th birthday party an hour and a half late. And the other thing I'll say is the guests at her party that... Johnny Depp was naming uh, some of them were employees her nurse someone else that works for them I don't know but it just makes you wonder about the world that Amber Heard lives in and because if she does have borderline and histrionic it would be very hard to be her friend and very easy to excise yourself you know if you're a friend of someone you're not beholden to them you don't live with them typically and you know you can create distance. Oh, I'm busy. Or you don't respond to texts. Or when they blow up at you, you're just like, well, I guess we're done with that. And you can you can pretty easily just write someone out of your life. And people with borderline and histrionic, not always, but if it's severe enough, they typically don't have friends very long. They might have very intense friendships that last a very short amount of time, but then boom, you know, that person is you know, da, 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 dead to me. I don't know. Am I being manipulated and gaslit by the, by the Johnny Depp team? I don't know. But it's just a thought that came to my head. 
Mr. Depp, after April 21st, 2016, when was the next time that you actually saw Ms. Hurd in person? I left Ms. Hurd, well, I left Penthouse 3. I left at 4.30 in the morning on, it was actually April, it was actually her birthday. It was four, about 4.30 in the morning, April 22nd, and that's when I left. And from that moment on, I did not see Ms. Hurd until May 21st. And why was that? Interesting. So the timeline of her birthday, then the punching, and he is like, yeah, I'm done. He, I think, in his mind decides to leave her. He, he then informs her a month later, I think, of the divorce. And then that's what starts this whole thing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Whatever. Things that were important to me. And he said, I don't think now's a good time to go. And I thought, it's the perfect time. She's not going to be home for two days. And then he showed me a photograph on his telephone of... Uh, Objection, Your Honor. It's, it's a photograph, Your Honor. As being relayed to him by Mr. Bett. He, he says he looked at it on his, on his phone. I'll rule the objection as the photograph. What was the photograph of Mr. Depp? It was a, it was a, it was a photograph of the bed, our bed. My side of the bed was human fecal matter. Interesting. I remember hearing about this, so... I think the claim is, or the assumption is, is that Amber Heard went number two in his bed or his side of the bed in retribution or something. I guess it's hard to know exactly why that happened. Could that have happened? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, given everything that we've heard about Ms. Heard, then yeah, I've seen weirder things and heard about weirder things. And it is. You know, if, if you want to insult someone or it's probably going to backfire, excuse the pun. So I understood why it wasn't a good time to go down there. Um, my initial response to that was, I mean, I laughed. I, it was so outside. It was so bizarre and so grotesque that I could only laugh. Yeah, so I, I haven't heard that particular story, but I've heard very, very similar stories where the desperation of 
the rageful will result in all sorts of things. Things that you would think, really? That's where you took it? And yeah, because there's a, who knows, but if we go along the Johnny Depp narrative and we conceptualize Amber as severely borderline and histrionic, he leaves and then as every member, you know, the ticking clock, every second that goes by, it's pain and rage and pain and rage and pain and rage. And if he were home or she had access to him, she would let him have it. But in lieu of that, what do you do? Well, you have to destroy his things. You have to communicate in other ways. And I could absolutely see that happening. They're teacup Yorkies. They, they weigh about four pounds each. The photograph that I saw, and, and, uh, I mean. Okay, so skipping forward a ways, he is now saying he went to Amber and talked about a divorce, said, let's just be nice to each other. It's amicably break up. I will you know, pay a lot of money, I think is what he was essentially saying. He was agreeing to give her a lot of money. Who knows if that's true, but she claims that it was the dogs that uh, took a number two in his bed. Uh, the same dogs that they were getting in trouble with in Australia, I believe. And what a quaint story that all seems now when you think back on it, right? But, you know, when they were in Australia and getting in trouble for illegally bringing in these other dogs and he is saying that she said that the dogs did it, but he knows it couldn't have been because the dogs are so small and the amount of fecal matter did, was was too much for that. And yeah, I mean, unless the dogs had a pattern of doing that sort of thing, which would be unusual, certainly dogs can and do uh, go to the bathroom in people's beds, but that's not usually what dogs will do, right? It, they'll They'll pick a corner or a a doorway or I don't know. They don't usually hop up on a bed. I suppose they could. Anyway, and I'm guessing some of you would be like, no, 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 my dog does that. So who knows? But either way, if the dogs had, you'd think Amber would have cleaned it up, but maybe it was his room and she didn't go in there or something. I don't know. It's hard to really know the truth on this one. Let's move beyond the All conversation right, that Kevin mm. Murphy had with Ms. Hurd. So after you called Kevin Murphy, what happened? I asked Kevin if Amber and he had spoken about the incident. He said, yes, they had. <laughs> so I think this is also a meme moment for Johnny Depp. He is predicting that he's going to experience an objection of hearsay because Think about as you're telling a horrific story of that you've been abused and, you know, you're just trying to get through the details. You're like, this happens and this happens. Objection. You're like, what? <laughs> like it now the lawyers should object and they have the right to object. And there's nothing wrong with them objecting. And um, it appears that Ms. Hurd had told you. Hearsay, Your Honor. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, this is a, apparently a statement by Ms. Hurd. Oh, that, he was, that he heard from Kevin Murphy. That's that's what the testimony is. All right, if you want to reframe okay. that, that's fine. Okay. After you hung, when did you hang up the phone with Kevin Murphy? I mean, I get it, but wouldn't that be relevant that someone told me something about someone else? 
and that affected my course of action be forward. I'm not saying I saw what this person, uh, the other person saw, but they told me that they heard something else. And so that is what caused me to go on to step two from that and to leave that detail out. It will make the rest of the story not make any sense. Now, again, I'm sure the lawyers of the crowd will say, well, no, there are strict rules for good reasons. And, you know, I'll take people's word for it. To exaggerate it severely, it's just like someone breaks into a bank and starts shooting all these people you duck behind a a barrier and the shooting s- s- dissipates and stops and a victim crawls around the corner and is shot and you're like and and as you're t- and then and then I asked her um, are they gone and the woman told me that and then objection because that's hearsay <laughs> like you need to get that other person like you know what i mean it's like uh, and again Whenever I go down this road of frustration, there's always a team of lawyers that will set me straight, and rightfully so. Um, right about the time that Ms. Hurd was screaming obscenities at him and calling him a liar, and that he was a scumbag, and I, I told her, I said, listen, don't, don't speak to this man in that way. Do not disrespect this man in that way. And then Kevin Murphy just hung up. And so at that point, she was riled, of course. And I went upstairs to gather belongings. When I came back downstairs, she was on the phone with Io Tillett Wright, and they were making a, a wonderful point of just how funny it was that um, I thought that some human being had actually dropped a uh, <clears throat> grumpy, pardon the term, onto the bed. Grumpy? Well, that's a new one. So when I was a kid, my family, we called them stinkies. (laughs) Not when they were on a bed. They were, you know, like to a two-year-old or three-year-old when you're at a park and you have to go number two. We didn't say number two. We said stinky. I have to go stinky. And for that's the way my older brother and sister referred to it. That's the way we referred to it with my little brother. And it wasn't until I was, you know, a lot older when I realized, oh, other people don't call it that. <laughs> the further I get from my childhood, the more absurd that word seems. I got to ask my parents where they got that from. It must have been from one of their parents or something. Probably from my Japanese. A lot of my family's practices came from my Japanese side. We were much closer to my Japanese American side than to my white side of the family. But my family also referred to number one. We didn't say number one or number two. It was shishi, which I think I've looked into that as to what the derivation of that is. But, you know, my Japanese ancestors came over around the year 1900. So they're, and they were old, you know, they were adults when they came over. So their Japanese language style was from the late 1800s, which the Japanese language has trained has changed drastically, and plus it, you know, there were regional dialects in Japan, and my people were from the southern part of the main island, Okayama. So I don't know if it was a regional thing of the late 1800s, but when I talk to people from Japan, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I think that's an old language." It, 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 the way they talk about it, it's like the way we talk about Shakespearean English, or even earlier forms of English. So I don't know. 
But yeah, we said she, she, and stinky. <laughs> I don't think I've ever admitted. I don't know why it's if I feel ashamed. Why would I feel ashamed? I didn't invent it. My family did or some generation before me, but somehow it. But as a kid, those words just were totally, of course, you know, when you have kids and there's a lot of cousins and there's a lot of she, she and stinky going around. You know, it's a fair amount of talk about it. Just was a regular word. So <laughs> anyway, apparently he grew up with a, a word like grumpy. Which brings a, I mean, stinky, you know, of course, makes sense, right? It's just, it's descriptive. It's uh, although when I was a kid, I don't think I ever thought of it as literal. I think it was just like the noun we used. You know, sometimes when you think of, like, it took me a long time to understand that understood is standing under something, and then you get it, I guess. And there's a lot of words like that where I'll, I'll suddenly realize that if you just look at the word in a different way, it's oh yeah, that's must be where the word comes from. I, I don't think I ever thought of stinky as a literal term, but of course it is because, you know, it's referring to. <laughs> but grumpy, I mean, that is a particular poetic expression and really evokes something in me. <laughs> yeah, grumpy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because are we referring to the state of the deliverer that they're grumpy when they're doing it? <laughs> or are, Now... I'm sure half of you are just like, Kirk, move on, because we don't want to hear about this. But another half of you, not fetish, get your minds out of the gutter, uh, but enjoy all this kind of talk. And I'm one of those people. I feel like people are landed into two groups. You either love this talk, not for any, you know, maybe there's a small percentage of fetish individuals. But, you know, for the for the rest of us, it's just like, it's just kind of fun to, like, talk about normal human life in this way. <laughs> But to the other half, they're just like, no, 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 no. So anyway, you know what I mean? Grumpy. Is it the deliverer being grumpy? Is it is it grumpy? Or are you grumpy when you see it? Or were you grumpy before and you're no longer? Are you grumpy to think about it? You know what I mean? Like, it, does it look like grumpy and Snow White? You know, what's the metaphor there? Because <laughs> there's a lot of, they all kind of, fit into the word you know there's there's some words it's just you know they just fit and i don't think grumpy exactly fits but it certainly evokes an image and a a feeling <laughs> and they were yakking they were yucking it up they were laughing about the whole thing and uh, it, it, it was it was you know, it was, a, it, was, it was a tough couple of days. So he's saying that he went back to their home. She was there. And he says that she claimed it was the dogs. And then she got on the phone with someone and was loudly having a conversation with that person. You know, from a histrionic point of view, it would be to project something to Johnny Depp of, look, we are over here and you're an idiot and ha ha ha. It wasn't human feces. That's ridiculous. It was the dogs. What kind of... Look at us. We're the smart ones, and you're the idiot. From a non-histrionic point of view, uh, it wasn't human, and it was dog, and Johnny Depp just was misunderstanding something, because from the sound of it, he saw it in a picture. <laughs> Did they put a banana for scale next to it? Or a quarter for scale next to it. Who knows? I, I, yeah. So it's hard to know. 
and I'm guessing we're not going to see that picture. Are they going to show that picture? And I really didn't feel like I deserved that kind of treatment. And uh, I went over, and I said, let me talk to her. I grabbed the phone, and I said to Io, you can have her now. She's yours. She's all yours. Right? And then I took the phone. So that's probably an aggressive move. The way he pantomimed it, it seemed like it was a voluntary thing. But given the scenario, I'm guessing it was a bit of a grab, if you will. Who knows? But uh, that I, if I were there, I wouldn't recommend Johnny do that. Just be like, eh, just, just go. There's no reason to do that. Bang like that onto the... I mean, that side of the couch was eight feet long. The other side of the couch was about six feet long. I flopped it onto the couch, and I was walking towards the uh, kitchen to uh, exit, and then suddenly Rocky Pennington ran in uh, to the penthouse and started, you know, leave her alone, Johnny, leave her alone. And I, was, I was by the refrigerator at this point. I was 20 feet away. Where was Miss Heard at that time? She was still sitting on the couch. Okay, so I assume we're going to hear from this Rocky individual. I'm going to take a guess and say that at least their story is going to be different. I'm also going to take a guess and say that if we saw that and were a fly in the wall, it would have been a little bit more aggressive from Johnny Depp because, you know, you just, when I hear stories like that of, I took some, I was upset because they were ridiculing me. He's not wording it that way, but, you know, it's, it would be rational to see it. I took the phone and I said, she's all yours. And then I threw the phone down that I would imagine from the outside that would look threatening on some level. Now, maybe, so, so then Rocky, because that's the whole thing here is witnesses because it's, he said, she said, literally. If we have witnesses, then, and those recordings, then those can't lie. Or the recordings can't, they can deceive, but it is what it is on the recording. Now, of course, witnesses can lie, for sure. But at least it's another testimony. It's another point of view. So I'm, I wonder what Rocky would say. So according to Johnny Depp, he did nothing wrong. There was nothing aggressive. And this person comes running into the room saying, leave her alone as if he was being aggressive with her. And he's like, huh? So, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about that. And that's when the screaming, you know, the, um, the screaming started with like, again, I'm 20 feet away. She's still got Io on the phone. She's got Rocky there. Stop hitting me, Johnny, she's screaming in, in her best, um, freaked out, upset voice, high-pitched. Stop hitting me, stop hitting me. Jerry Judge and Sean Bett entered the room. And as they entered the room, and she was quite surprised to see them, she said, that's the last time you'll ever hit me. That's the last time you'll ever do that to me. Okay, wow. If true, my goodness. If not true, my goodness. Either way, my goodness. But if true, it is consistent with the rest of the testimony that... Johnny Depp is laying out that Amber Heard either knows that Rocky will be on her side and will lie for her, and 
knows that the phone is still being witnessed, you know, the person on the other side can hear and can't see what's happening. So I guess in this story, it would have to be that or likely that Amber and Rocky had conspired earlier saying that they were going to trump up something in order to to get him. Either Rocky, so in this world, which who knows if any of this is true, Rocky knew that nothing happened but was going along with it for some reason, or was convinced by Amber's lies that Johnny Depp had been abusive, but Amber's like, I don't have any proof, so you have to help me manufacture something, not because I'm lying, but because I need to find some something to get him with. Otherwise, he's just going to get away with a scot-free. And so maybe Rocky agrees to go along with the deception because she believes it's a good thing to do or I don't know. And then Johnny Depp says, you know, he's well far away. He was never hitting her. And then two of his compatriots walk into the room. Amber is surprised and, oh, no, I can't lie anymore. And then says quickly, that's the last time you're ever going to hit me. Okay. If it's a lie, my goodness, if it's true, which I think most people believe, then, well, at this point, if we believe half of what Johnny Depp has said thus far, this is par for the course, right? It's just a, it's a new behavior that we haven't exactly heard from Ms. Heard, but, you know, from Johnny about, about Amber, but it's not surprising in lieu of everything else that's been said. And wow. I mean, I thought when I was going to watch all this, that there would have been accounts of altercations between the two of them and a, a fair amount of ambiguity as to who was the main aggressor. I th- for some reason, I thought that would even be Johnny Depp's account. But from his account, he was being terrorized by... Now, she's, she, she's not diagnosed as a psychopath, but we could describe something as psychopathic. Lacking empathy, lacking remorse, callousness, pathological lying, uh, manipulative, treating other people poorly, not caring about other people's feelings... I don't think she's a psychopath, but the behavior, if true, is psychopathic in that way, right? And, and uh, yeah, severe. You never know. Out to God. Out to God. Jack's stepfather teaches him more about being a man than even fucking your fucking left nut. Hey, that's good. You gave me some shit about my kids, just like in London, that you desired. Never again. Stay away. Okay, I don't know what we're listening to. I think it's a recording of when Johnny Depp is in a bathroom and she's outside being rageful, allegedly, and she is insulting his fatherhood. It kind of sounds like the tone of his voice, like he might be intoxicated. I'm not sure. But I'm not sure. Let's continue listening. You don't exist. You will not be getting my words. So I, I, I didn't understand these explanations of this can happen or it cannot happen. or And I only did this because my lawyers said to. And, um, 
it, it just didn't make any sense to me, and, and uh, it looked like uh, <clears throat> she was kind of grabbing at straws, trying to figure out what, in fact, to do. Mr. Depp, I'd like to just ask you about a couple statements Ms. Heard makes in this text message. She first says, just confirm that the cover letter is completely private and has nothing to do with any public record. Do you see that? The first sentence in the text message? Yes, I do. Do you know what cover letter Ms. Heard is referring to? No, I don't. Okay. And then she says, and only included the domestic violence slash restraining order stuff because I called the lawyer when the cops were here and I didn't know what to do or why that happened and was scared. Do you see that? Yes. Do you know what Ms. Hurd is referring to when she said that? No. Okay, hard to know what this means, but it is interesting. I think particularly if you are anti-Amber Heard, which at this point I would understand given the testimony. I have yet to see Amber Heard's testimony. But uh, from the sound of it, she's saying, I only said, I only made claims of domestic violence because I was scared, implying she knows it's not true and is trying to apologize to Johnny Depp or trying to strategize to get him off of his defensiveness, you know, because if she didn't make that claim, she would worry that he would fight back, maybe bring allegations against her. So I don't know. It's, it's not, of course, reading into it. But I think that's one possible explanation, right? Or a series of explanations in a particular category of her trying to cover her own tracks, knowing that she wasn't actually an overall victim. And then dropping down to the bottom, it says two lines up, I thought you filed. Do you see that? Yes. And do you have any understanding as to why Ms. Heard thought you had already filed? No. I had, I had on the, the night of the 20th, was was when I told her on the phone that I was going to file. There's another possible explanation, or in addition to this, that she's trying to get back together with him, seemingly, which you know wouldn't be unusual when people are breaking up. There can be those kinds of gestures towards each other. So there's nothing unusual about that, and would absolutely fit with the borderline histrionic uh, hypothesis that even in this what seems to be a quite obvious wise divorce meaning that even though it's probably very wise for them to get divorced uh, for amber if she does have borderline uh, everything would be trumped by the desire not to be abandoned maybe she was trying to communicate that because there was this text where she says if you don't file then no one will know or then we could just go back to being together? I don't know. I'm reading into it, obviously. For divorce, and in the way that I had explained it, to keep everything nice and calm and even. Um, but on the 23rd, she filed. And um, so I, I, I'd had, I'd, I hadn't had a chance to file. Let's drown her before we burn her. Three exclamation points. Did I read that right? Yes, it's referring and, and, to the text prior to. We're hearing that he texted his friend Paul Bettany, let's burn her and drown her, which is pretty abusive language. Was it very much a figure of speech? Meaning like, I just want to kill that person when you absolutely don't mean it literally. Or is it an expression of 
extreme rage at the time, or is there something there? Of course, Amber Heard's team would say that there is. It certainly doesn't give Johnny Depp's testimony help in this situation, because for most people, when we're upset at our partners, we wouldn't say such a thing, right? We wouldn't text our friend and say, I want to burn my wife, or I want to drown my husband. To use language like that often will indicate an abusive attitude, if you will, that can result in abusive behavior. But I don't know. Now, I will say that Johnny Depp has a flowery way of talking, so is that an example of that, or is this a glimpse into the abuse? You made another comment, and, and I'd like to apologize to the court and to the jury for some of the language that I'm going to have to use today, but unfortunately, um, you're going to see a lot of documents with language like this. After you said, let's drown her before we burn her, Mr. Depp, you yeah. said, I will fuck her burnt corpse afterwards to make sure she is dead. Wow. <laughs> Again, is it flowery speech? Is it a glimpse into the abuse? I will say... That's a, a stark statement, <laughs> you know, the, how many people in the midst of a conflict, even high conflict, like the worst kind of regular non-abusive conflict, how many of those people would say such a thing? I mean, to, to think such a thing and to put it into words and to text it is, is interesting. Now, I will say that I've treated lots of people, all genders, who will, while they're going through a divorce or a major breakup, will have intrusive fantasies of wanting to harm their partner, their ex-partner, their former partner. I have heard of burning, actually. I've, I've heard of people saying that they want to burn their former partner alive. They don't actually, and when I hear stuff like that, of course, I will assess for intent or danger. I, depending on the situation, have a legal and ethical ob obligation to reach out to the victim or report them to the police or something. So I do an evaluation, but usually it's a fantasy. It's a intrusive. It's an intrusive thought. It's a, it's a thought of that gives some sort of level of satisfaction internally, and the individual would never do anything of that sort. Of course, some people will, and. Uh, while one is going through a divorce, it is a it is a flashpoint for these kinds of severe behaviors. Often, when that is done, it's it's a man who's doing that, but certainly women can do it too. That's what you said that you would do after you burned her and after you drowned her. Did I read that right? You certainly did. Yes. And you wrote that about the woman who would later become your wife. Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, interesting. So this is before they got married. These texts. Wow. So. It's not amidst the divorce, probably amidst some conflicts, but that changes things a bit. You texted Mr. Bettany, I'm going to properly stop the booze thing, darling. Drank all night before I picked Amber up to fly to L.A. this past Sunday. Ugly, mate. No food for days. Powders. Half a bottle of whiskey. A thousand Red Bull and vodkas. Pills. Two bottles of champers on plane. And what do you get? an angry aggro engine in a fucking blackout, screaming obscenities and insulting any fuck who got near. I'm done. I'm admittedly too fucked in the head to spray my rage at the one I love. Read that again. I'm admittedly too fucked in the head to spray my rage at the one I love. Again, the flowery speech, it's hard to know what he is saying. It's like poetry or something. 
but so let's see what Johnny Depp says about this text. My darling Patty Lee, I miss you and worship you, and there's nothing wrong between us. Never, ever could that happen. I've just been so beyond busy with film here in Boston and then back to L.A. for kitties. When I was in NYC, they were brief visits and fucked and charged by horrific fights with Amber. I fucked up and drank and got shitty. Was so disappointed in myself. Actually, almost walked to your place at about 3.30 a.m. the last time I was there, unable to stop he tears. Did I read that right? You did. Okay, hard to say what that text is talking about, or at the very least, we wouldn't know if that means he was abusive. As from previous videos, you know, I've had, I've been skeptical about his account of his substance use. He would, particularly around alcohol, he would talk about drinking what seemed to be minimal or below average in terms of what would be present if someone was getting drunk and being intoxicated and acting in ways that are uh, commensurate of being highly intoxicated. Um, I don't know about the incidents that were brought up, but when he would give answers uh, as to how much he was drinking, I, I thought, uh, I mean, maybe, but given what even he has said about his alcohol use, it didn't sound credible, but I don't know. Even the way he answered the question, it just seemed a little hesitant and a little, um, I don't know, a little sure of him. Like there was a hesitance to the way he would, uh, he would hesitate when he would answer those questions, which doesn't mean he's lying, but it, it's a red flag for that or a small little orange flag. And then when he would answer the question, he seemed pretty sure of himself. Whereas, you know, he'd say, I, I had one glass of wine. Whereas, given the way he was talking, I would imagine that he would say, well, I don't know, because I drink a lot, and I don't know how much I drink, but I probably had a fair amount to drink, but I want to remind everyone that I have a high tolerance, and uh, it doesn't affect me perhaps the way it would other people. But I was affected to some extent, but by all means, I still remember what happened, and you know, now they're bringing up these texts that he had been texting Patty Smith, who is, I believe, the Patty Smith. Is he friends with the Patty Smith? Or is it just some random person, Patty Smith? I don't know. And he's talking about how he regrets having drank too much. But then he, you know, he uses all these words like, is he saying that he made a mistake, like he was abusive, or that he's just, he made a mistake by drinking too much or he's trying to get, I don't know, it's hard to say, maybe we'll get some clarification. You sent this text to Miss Heard, and it says, it's a way, I've let it go, went too far. We slash I tend to do that. I always regret it when I jump, or worse, when you jump. I don't want to be conditioned to continue that behavior. Therefore, I'll put in heavy work with shrank. I'm sorry for being less, for your disappointment in me, for my behavior. I'm a fucking savage, gotta lose that gonna lose that. The devil is all around, right? I wish I were able to bring even just a glimmer of a smile to the pretty face of my most gorgeous of dreams and darkest nightmares. I love you far too much for you and I to be these heinous slinging insults like we do slash did. Okay, again, impossible to know what he's referring to and more that flowery language. But at the beginning, I was thinking, is this, is he referring to having been violent? And then when he says slinging insults, then that made me think, oh, he's referring to yelling at each other. And yeah, interesting look into their relationship with this text that he later on would regret and reach out to her and feel bad. Now, can 
one be abusive and send a text like that? Yeah. Could one be a victim overall and send a text like that? Absolutely. Could there be mutual abuse happening and you send a text like that? Yes. So hard to know what this is referring to. Not anything that I am particularly proud of to have participated in. And I regret giving it life because, motherfucker, how when we fight, little girl, how do we end up on the very edge of the precipice? And why? Wish I knew. Goddamn. And know that you are right. I am well aware that I should have been bigger than the moment and that it will never again manifest in negative experiences. It can be done. What a killer concept to visualize. Wish you were in this lunatic's proximity. Be careful out there. I adore you. Okay, interesting. Again, impossible to know what he's referring to. It looked at a certain way. He's referring to having been physically abusive with her, and he feels bad, and he's apologizing for that. This, the word savage, these kinds of things. Or is he talking about having been in a fight with someone to apologize afterwards after a fight is it's a good thing yeah so hard to know what he's referring to you could certainly see it going either way the other thing i'll say is that a text like that demonstrates perhaps it's a win for johnny depp because that that text is so it's all my fault and or at least that incident was my fault, or at least I'm sorry, you were right, I was wrong. And that ability to admit when you're wrong and to apologize, it, it says something. Have we, do we have any indications that Amber Heard ever apologized from her side? Maybe she did, maybe there's countless pieces of evidence of her apologizing, but, but yeah, I mean, if I were on the jury, I guess, you know, to some extent, I'm sort of a, I'm a jury of one at home. And I, as, as I'm watching this, so how does this affect me? I don't know. It's just, to me, these are texts between people that are fighting and it's texts between him and his friend as Johnny Depp is upset. For the idiot cow, three exclamation points. Next text, will do. I'll smack the ugly cunt around before I let her in. Don't worry. And then you close by saying, did that worthless hooker arrive? Did I read that right? You did, sir. All right, so if he's referring to anyone, let alone Amber, that's pretty awful language. It says something about the way that he thinks, I think. It's, it is a pretty big red flag. The, the way that people, you know, if you had a friend that came to you and said those things, I want to burn her alive, I want to drown her. That's a huge red flag for something. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but if I heard that from someone, like if a client or a friend told me that, I'd be like, uh-oh, what's going on there? Because it shows that not only are the urges coming up for the individual to visualize that or to say it, but they feel okay with saying it. I think that's a big part of what we're seeing here is that for Johnny Depp, he thought it was okay to say those things. And of course, some people, well, he's really intoxicated. People who are extremely intoxicated still have a semblance of their personality left that they would never say something like that. Wait, you're talking about, I don't know. I'm talking about Australia the day that Now we're talking about Australia. Okay, yeah. You hear that when you said the day I chopped my finger off? Let's, let's play it again. Let's That'd do be it again. Great. Thank you. Wait, you're talking about, I don't know. I'm talking about Australia the day that Now we're talking about Australia. Okay. Are you sure that's... Yeah, let's do it one more time. What I'm saying, or is it the day that I got my finger chopped off? No, no, you say the day that I chopped my finger off. So let's play it one more time, because I think I left out the word that. It says the day that I chopped my finger off. 
fight you're talking about. I don't know. I'm talking about Australia the day that. Now we're talking about Australia. Okay. Okay, so I think they're trying to make a case that Johnny Depp in this very garbled recording is claiming that he cut his finger off when he claims it was Amber Heard that threw a bottle at him, which severed his finger. So, okay, now I'm guessing this is just what lawyers do. They throw various different things at the wall, and if just 10% of it sticks to the jury's mind, then it helps your case because I couldn't tell what he was saying in that clip. What happened? Interesting, it looks like Amber Heard has set up her phone to record video and Johnny Depp doesn't know it's that he's being recorded. Maybe they're at their house. Nothing happened this morning, you know that? Okay, so he's having a meltdown and smashing things. What does this mean? Does it mean that this is a peek into the violent rage that he would exhibit frequently, as Amber Heard would claim? Or is this a rare moment of him uh, having a bit of a temper tantrum? There's a certain level of normalcy when you're upset to throw something at the ground. I wouldn't recommend people do that, but you know, I used to golf. And I had golfing friends who, when they were frustrated by the 13th hole, would just throw their putter into the woods out of frustration. So, does, and those individuals were not abusive or rageful in any way. You know, you get frustrated, you just be, you, you get physical about it. Or is this a, a moment in which he is trying to send a message to Amber that this I'll do to you next. You know, you've heard me talk about that, that abusive people will often engage in violent acts to objects as a way of threatening their partner. Let's watch. No. So nothing happened to you this morning. Yeah, you're right. I just woke up and you were so sweet and nice. We were not even fighting this morning. All I did was say sorry. Did something happen to you? Morning. I don't think so. Okay, it's starting to look more like the last option, potentially. He's angry at her, and he is smashing things as he's yelling at her, and that certainly lends itself to a narrative of abuse from him. If you're Amber Heard's team, you know, this is a tick in your column, but could he have never actually been abusive to her and still do something like this? Yeah, I mean, you could argue that this is getting into abusive behavior in my book, maybe not in the eyes of the law or the jury. Um, no, that's the thing. You want to see crazy, I'll give you crazy. Oh, you're crazy. Are you crazy? Have you drunk this whole thing this morning? Oh, you got this going. You got this going? Oh, really? Really? Okay, so he 
figures out that she's recording, grabs her phone or whatever is the videotaping device. He, we also saw him pouring a big glass of wine and he's like, you want to know crazy? I'll show you crazy, something like that. All right, again, hard to know what this means. If you've been abused, you probably have seen behavior like this from the perpetrator. Could you do something like this and not have an overall pattern of abuse? Yeah, perhaps. Could something have happened just before this in which she was being abusive to him or verbally combative with him and he is now triggered and reacting? Yeah, could be. I don't know. It's hard to say, but this is interesting and it certainly paints a picture of what was going on in their relationship. And she's, you know, if we watch this clip, she's being very calm. She's being very nice. She's frankly talking like a victim would talk, though, though, you know, with that very timid, pleasing voice. Is she doing that for the sake of the camera? Because she knows that she's being recorded. And to grab someone's phone if they're recording and throw it, I think, into the garbage can is not good. It, it, so, that, you know, we're, we're looking for clues, right? Because I don't think we're going to have any slam dunk evidence of abuse from either one of them, right, other than their accounts. So uh, he, he picks up the phone. And when I see that kind of behavior, I, it's, a, it's a pretty big red flag of what someone is capable of when they're angry, how angry they usually get, how impulsive they are when they get angry. Uh, abusive people are often very impulsive physically with things. They, If you're on your phone and it's bothering them that you're on their, you know, they'll grab at the phone or, or kids, if you're abusive to kids, you, you might grab their phone. You might I don't know if you're you're watching TV and you, you just you know that impulse to grab and to take and to disregard someone else's things or their personal space is you know it's a red flag of other kinds of abusive behavior. Does it indicate it for sure? No. Plus, it's like she's secretly recording him, and that would be upsetting. You know, just imagine your spouse in the middle of you having a meltdown sets up a camera and starts to secretly record you. You know, so it's not going to make you feel good. It doesn't give you the right to grab the camera, though. You were smashing. Do we have a date for this um, illegal, That's your house illegally recorded tape? Do we have a date or a metadata or anything on it? Why, why don't we, let's, since you have some questions about it, let's, why don't we watch it again? Oh, I've let's seen it, it again, honey. Michelle. Okay, we, you know what, we, we, can, we don't have to do that. No, that's good. We don't have to do that. This is at your house in West Hollywood on Sweetser Avenue, correct? That's correct, sir. And that's you in the video, Mr. Depp, right? That's correct, sir. And you would agree that you were violent in that clip, correct? Um, clearly, I was having a bad time. I don't, uh, I don't know what it was uh, with regard to completely at this point, since I don't know the date. But um... all right, he's saying he doesn't remember what it was in regards to. 
He also mentioned earlier that it potentially is an illegally obtained video. I don't know. There's different states have different laws about this sort of thing where you can record without someone's permission as long as one person is uh, granting permission and the other person is not. There's other states where you need everyone's permission to record. But he's saying he he doesn't remember what was going on there. I th you know, it says something. Either he was highly intoxicated, which he likely was given what he's talked about in terms of his drug use and alcohol use. And it would mainly be the alcohol that would cause his memory to go. Although benzodiazepine use, and I don't know what his prescription calls for, but the way he's been talking, it sounds like he takes it frequently, perhaps daily. And there can be an increased tolerance to benzodiazepines as well, which can lead to increased need of an increase of dose, and that can sometimes affect one's memory. So the fact that he can't remember this, it says potentially one and or another thing, which is the substance use is making it hard for him to remember. And or two, he does this sort of thing frequently and thus couldn't tell you which incident this was. He broke the, the door to the cabinet. So what does that say about Johnny Depp that he can't remember what that incident had to do with. It could call into question a lot of his account of a lot of things, because if he can't remember that, what else does he not remember or claim to not remember? Or what else is he, you know, inserting memories or stories into situations that he actually can't remember exactly what happened at all during that time? You know, I, I think it says something. Being legally recorded by your chosen other is well, it's quite fitting with the rest of the photographs and tape recordings she made. So um, I thought what was most interesting is that she tried to hide it from me and then that she laughed and smiled at the end. I thought that was the most interesting part myself. But so, yes, I, I did assault um, a couple of cabinets, but I did not touch Miss Hurd. And, As you can see, I think, no. And you may have been, you may have been, May have been drunk in that video, correct? There's a possibility of that, yes, sir. You you, you poured yourself a um, a mega pint of red wine, correct? A mega pint. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mega pint. What does that even mean? Like, just say a large glass, a mega pint. <laughs> yeah. I poured myself a large glass of wine. Right. I thought it necessary. And what I would propose to play is. 3210. All right. I thought it necessary for what? To cope emotionally? He's stated as much. So, I don't know. Does he stand behind that idea that it, it was necessary? Or is he saying that's what I used to think? Or, I don't know. What are you saying? This is really pretty. Thanks. I'm going to cut you somewhere. Do I want to cut you? Yeah. You want an arm? You want a chest? You want a scar? Don't cut your skin. Please do not cut your skin. Please don't. Why don't. would I do that? Easy. Don't please do not do that. Please do not do that. Don't. Please don't. All right. So he sounds like he's I don't know what's happening, but he is saying cut me, you know, he and he has the knife close to him or something. I don't know where in his body. And she's saying please don't do that. I assume this is one of Amber Heard's clandestine recordings that Johnny Depp doesn't know about. So she knows the recording is on, I'm guessing, and he does not. 
So what does that mean? And I will say that if there's a recording of him being clearly abusive, even if it's audio, you know, you can usually tell, then obviously that would indicate that Johnny Depp was abusive. We, we could hypothesize that there was bidirectional abuse, but at the very least, there would be strong evidence of physical harm that Amber Heard, I believe, has claimed. If we don't ever have a recording of that, video or audio, then we would wonder if you recorded so often, why not just one of the times when he was actually being abusive, especially if he was abusive as often as you claim. Now, maybe they'll actually have those recordings. I don't know how often she claimed he was abusive, but from the news reports that I've seen, it sounds like it was quite extensive. So, so yeah, if we never find a recording of clear abuse happening from him to her, then you know, I don't, I, that doesn't say it didn't happen, of course. And, and for, and I want to be clear, typically victims of abuse never have any evidence. They never have any recordings because it could get you killed. You know, if you, if the abuser finds you recording, they could kill you or decide that they're going to, you know, break into your phone and not let you have a phone. So, you know, there's a lot of threat there, but if you're already recording and you have enough safety around recording, then you just have to wonder why was there no strong evidence of an event in which he was abusive. But, you know, maybe they'll show one. Please don't cut yourself. You don't need to cut yourself. I need to do what I want. I know. I know it hurts. Feel the same. Tell me. I want your mark. Yeah. No, you don't. They're gone. No, thank you. No, thank you. This on the pillows. Pretty disturbing. I can't imagine what justification or what Johnny... I'm really curious as to what he'll say about this because that's a, a very interesting audio clip. I couldn't hear most of it, but the parts I heard were, you know, just him continuing to say, I think, indicating that, you know, he, he's going to cut himself or threatening to or something. Is it actual suicidal intention? Is it gesturing to try to get attention? Is it a way of him working out his trauma in some way? Is it him trying to say, fine, if you're going to hate me, you might as well just kill me now? Really 
Don't, 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 don't. Don't you tell me. Please don't do that. Put, put the knife down. Just put the knife down. Don't. Don't do that. Do not do that, Johnny. And I will say that abusive individuals will do things like this when they feel backed into a corner or the victim is threatening to leave. Not always, of course, but they will sometimes threaten to harm themselves as a way of trying to manipulate the victim into remaining under control. Please, you're going to look at you. You're going to hurt yourself. Please. I want to look at you. I know you're in pain. Wait. Stop. Please There's don't. There's a way for the pain to go away. It's not, it's not that. It doesn't make you go away. Trust me. Yeah. Now, it's also possible that he's legit suicidal. And it has nothing to do with Amber, really, or very little to do and more to do with his own depression, potentially, or trauma conditions regarding his early childhood trauma or his substance problems. Who knows? It do, you know. It doesn't make it go away. Really? Did it make it go away? Yeah. It did? Please don't. Please don't. Is it okay? There's love here. There is love here. I will say that it's one of the only recordings that we've heard Amber Heard being nice to him. I have no doubt that she was often nice to him. They were in a relationship for a long time. But it's good to get this kind of insider recording just to round out the situation. You know, she's she clearly is concerned about his safety and doesn't want him to hurt himself and sounds like he's saying he wants to kill himself and she's saying don't do that it doesn't solve your problems or cut or something so and i think she even said uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't solve your problems i know i've been there before so you know she's she's trying to help I heard, but total side note, I was on someone's live show. They were talking about the trial and someone did a super chat question around what do I think about the psychology of how Amber Heard is dressing up in response to how Johnny is dressing up. So there's some kind of rumor or way of looking at her uh, you know, outfit choices every day as somehow trying to get under his skin or trying to mock him or something. I think maybe she's accused of dressing, you know, the way he dresses on Monday. On Tuesday, she will dress similar to how he dressed on Monday or something in court. And I don't know. I, I, I would love to see an analysis of that. Do I think that's likely to be going on? No, I, those kinds of accusations I, I'm pretty skeptical about unless there's a real strong indication of it. Uh, if she did do that sort of thing, even if it was just um, occasionally, it could be subconscious, I suppose. You know, your outfit selection could be influenced by things that you've seen or something or some kind of unconscious desire to bond with him or something. I don't know. The knife is really dull, and it would be the worst thing in the world to use to cut no, me with. It, it would be too <clears throat> painful and dull and dirty to use. Yeah, to that's the tip of the knife. 
she's referencing that knife is too dirty and dull to cut me with. I don't know if he's threatening to cut her. No, no, please do not. Do not do. Don't. 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 You're going to hurt yourself. Don't. It's okay. Please don't cut yourself. Please, please don't. Please stop. Please stop. Please. I will say that there's some evidence, some strong evidence, that this is not the only time this sort of thing has happened. Amber seems to be familiar the way she's talking. You know, I don't know why I always use my marriage as some sort of backdrop or some comparison, but if my wife was doing something like this, I would be completely freaking out. I, I, I wouldn't know what to do. If you, you heard me talking, I would, I, I, because she's never done anything in that direction at all. I'm not shaming people that have those kinds of thoughts, of course. I work with many clients and have many friends who have those kinds of thoughts. But I will say that if it were the first time, I believe we would hear different kinds of intonation and attitude and word choice that uh, from Amber, but I don't know. Uh, the other thing that I'll say is that this indicates possibly a dynamic that was happening frequently where, and there's been talk about this labeling of the monster. I wonder if Johnny Depp has a lot of PTSD regarding what he went through as a child and it gets triggered occasionally and he tries to numb it with drugs and alcohol. It works sometimes, but of course not all the time. And when that monster comes out, that rage and that pain and that self-destruction through trying to almost subconsciously kill yourself with lots of substances or threats of I'm gonna kill myself or self-destructing in a relationship, a lot of masochism. There seems to be a, a lot of indications of that, of a, a lot of masochism. When you are abused, for some of us, we will internalize the abuser and then the abuser will abuse us from within and we believe we deserve it. We believe that we're nothing. Maybe there was a dynamic there where she frequently saw him having these kinds of episodes and he would get drunker and drunker trying to numb it out. It only made it worse because it made him more erratic, less able to control his emotions and behavior. And she was there genuinely often trying to help him and trying to make sure nothing bad happened because she cared about him and loved him. And she would witness these, these moments. And then eventually in the relationship, she started to actually record them because, I don't know, maybe she wanted ammunition against him or just wanted to know what happened, you know, because one of the things that you could, I could see myself doing if I were in Amber Heard's situation is, I don't know if I would record, but if I did, I might, I might want that recording because I would want to maybe listen to it later just so I know that that's what happened because, of course, if no one else is around and I say to him, you don't understand what you did <laughs> because, uh, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened, and, and if Johnny Depp's like, ah, you're always exaggerating, it might be a good idea to have a recording just for your own sanity, right? Put your fucking cigarettes out on someone else. You fucking have consequences for your actions. That's it. Shut up, fat ass. Yeah, you got me there. Can you play that one more time, please, Michelle? Objection, Your Honor. 
I'll sustain the objection. Move on. Mr. Depp. Yeah. Okay, so we heard a recording where they're fighting, and I can't, I don't know what Amber Heard was saying, so it's hard for me to comment on that, but then Johnny Depp said, shut up, fat ass, that kind of thing. Okay, so at least we know to her face he would say the kinds of things that he would say in his texts. When, when Ms. Heard tells you in that recording to go put your cigarettes out on someone else, you don't deny that, but instead you simply say, shut up, fat ass. Is that correct? Um, I think that was another grossly exaggerated moment of Ms. Heard's. I, don't, I did not put a cigarette out on her or throw a cigarette at her. Let's pull up Exhibit 581, please. This is another recording that we'll play the entirety of. Okay, so again, there's a lot of different interpretations of this. One is, is that he did put a cigarette out on her and either doesn't remember because he was highly intoxicated or doesn't want to claim that he did. And Amber Heard correctly and accurately said in this recording, um, you know, you don't put your cigarette out on me like you just did or, you know, something. <laughs> it wasn't those words, but essentially it was intimating that. Uh, so that's one interpretation. And that's a, a, a clear example of abuse. If, if he had done that, then that is absolutely abusive. Well, I fucked up and cried in my bedroom after I had dumped you a fucking week, week prior. A fucking week prior after you beat the shit out of me. And then a week later you show in my show up at my doorstep in my room saying you want to say goodbye. Okay, say goodbye. Oh, I said it? Yes, you did say it. I'll go to the text messages so that we are clear yes, on the tape. Yes, you said it before to me. Okay. No doubt. I mean, you did not say you're going to come over to say bye? I'm mean, a huge mistake. You didn't say that to me? You didn't say that to me? He does not appear to refute her statement that he had beat the crap out of her or something along those lines, which could indicate that he is agreeing that it did happen or he just doesn't want to respond to it or something. It's hard to tell. But there have been similar observations in the recording about Amber Heard that Johnny Depp will say things along these lines and Amber Heard won't deny it, right? So I'm starting to wonder if I'll land on a conceptualization of bi-directional abuse. Is necessary. Is necessary, especially between you and us. It is of utmost importance. Because the next move, if I don't walk away, or just go out for a little while, just it's just gonna be it's just gonna be a bloodbath. Like it's you know like it was on the island, of course, like it was, you know. Okay, it sounds like he's saying, if I don't walk away, it's going to be a bloodbath like it was at the island. Again, what does it mean? If you are biased against Johnny Depp, then this, that's a clear admission of him being abusive to her. If you're against Amber Heard, then you think it's a vague reference to conflict. Because, again, the way he talks, it's it's so flowery that... He could use the word bloodbath for a lot of yelling at each other. Not that yelling at each other can't be abusive, but I don't know. It's just hard to know what they're talking about. Why be miserable? Let's just can we just the options are that. have some some someone's understanding for each other. Please, can we? Because I'm not trying to say, hey, my no one in their right mind is going to choose a bloodbath over walking away. Obviously, if you're given the option between the two. Then why has it been chosen so many times? <laughs> it's the, that snowball. It is not a distinct choice. Either one of us make it any 
discernible point. No, it's stubbornness and it's all You know, it builds, right? Like you build, I build, you know. It isn't like at one moment either of us sign a certificate of saying or like sign the contract or... So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if in this moment Amber Heard is worried that they are possibly going to break up. I don't know, but I'm just guessing. And she's trying to seek solutions. She or try and all, and specifically trying to change his perspective. He's seemingly talking in a potentially negative way about their relationship. Like, oh, it's you know bloodbath. It's horrible. And I think she's on this mission to say, no, you know, we can work on it. Sometimes you build. Sometimes I build. Say okay, now bloodbath. No. So acting as though there's a choice between the two is irrelevant. I'm not asking you to stay over having a bloodbath. I'm asking you, I mean, over walking away. I'm not asking you to have a bloodbath over walking away. I'm asking you to work it out. Right. That was the other thing I thought what was happening is that this is a very common argument that they have or discussion. Sometimes they're yelling at each other, sometimes not. And she is saying, look, I get that you see it as either it's a bloodbath or you walk away. I'm saying there's a third option, which is you stay and we try to work it out. All right over prolonging it and making it bigger. And that's something that I will hear from pursuers and potentially people who are pursuers who are borderline. It really destroys them and triggers them massively, especially if it's in the middle of the fight when their partner separates from them. It's, it's devastating to them. You do it without thinking, huh? You don't. Stab him when you can. You throw a swing when you can. And what win better than to win on one before? Because that's when it's really good to hit someone. Really hard to tell what's being said there, but I think she was saying it's really good that you took a swing at me when I was on the ground or something like that. What does that mean? Is this one of those moments where she knows she's being recorded and he doesn't? Is she just saying that? Did she record hundreds of clips and this is the one where he didn't protest and say, what are you talking about? I didn't swing at you. Who knows? Is it an indication that he did take a swing at her and did frequently? I don't know. All right, so if you're trying to throw a lot of stuff at the wall and hoping some, something sticks, that's a good thing to throw at the wall where he screams at her verbal abuse. But hard to know what was going on in that moment. Does that indicate that he was physically abusive, as Amber Heard alleges? It's certainly a red flag for that to, to say those kinds of things, and he has a pattern of saying those kinds of things. But what I also heard was her yelling uh, was it in defense I don't know you heard miss heard say get off me no I did not I heard distant screaming and I heard I'll talk to you later I'll talk to you later yeah, it was hard to tell what was happening there. It sounded like she said, get off me. And then it sounded like he was saying, I'll talk to you later, I'll talk to you later. What does that mean? I don't know. You could see it going either direction. He was being abusive. 
he wasn't, or it was a brief moment of violence from him. I don't know. Certainly didn't sound pleasant. Which guy? Does that seem normal to you? Does that seem normal to you? They got, you told me tonight that you couldn't imagine your life without me, and now you're throwing your ring on the ground. Does that seem normal? Let's have you tell me. That, that seems sober? You, you seem, you seem you normal? the definition of normal, you. you. Does that seem normal? You. Does that seem normal to you? All right, so in this recording, it sounds like he threw his wedding ring on the ground or something, and they're referring to previous conversations. I think, I'm only 50% sure of this, that Amber Heard is talking about how she's saying, remember after Australia, I, I promised I would change or we were going to be different or something, and then Johnny Depp is saying, well, but you haven't changed, according to him, and you're still a c-word and so we're hearing that verbal abuse and i believe she's trying to plead with him that she has changed she doesn't want him to leave and there have been other recordings that i haven't reacted to where she will bring up you you're always professing how much you love me yeah and when i hear this i don't know if there's any abuse happening but this sounds like a relationship in which there's a lot of fighting and if the borderline diagnosis is accurate and something else is going on with Johnny Depp, I don't know what label to put to it, the avoidance of his emotions, the, you know, through his substance use that he's claimed. Does he avoid feelings? Does he try to avoid feelings? I don't know. But they often will fit well with pursuer borderline people, people who are avoidant attachment. Sometimes they're on the narcissistic spectrum, not always. But so who knows what's happening exactly. But she she seems to frequently be saying, our relationship is good. You know, don't leave. And I need to convince you. And okay, so there's that dynamic that I think is well established on these recordings but we also hear her yelling over him and he is being verbally abusive but he's not raising his voice as much or or as often what does that tell us i don't know could she be just reacting to the abuse that she's experienced or is this indicative of the power dynamic in their relationship borderline personality disorder i'm borderline personality disorder now without question when i've been consistent all night saying don't go don't fuck this all up i'm not fighting with you anymore i've been saying this to you the whole night i'm really sorry we disagreed you're not perfect i said this two hours ago i'm not perfect you're not perfect. I love you. But we don't first. have to do this every time we disagree. No. No, we don't. We Please. Do. We do. Please. Come here. And you have. Please come here. Insult. Please come here. I'm not insulting you. I have not been insulting you. So you hear that, that abusive tone that she's getting. Now, again, it's just right down the middle borderline. I don't know if that's accurate, but it's a strong indication of the way she's talking, the desperation. As conflict increases, the terror of loss increases and the desperation increases. And for a while, she's pleading. And if I were there, I would try to help Amber to understand her feelings, to try to soothe her, try to help her to soothe herself. But I, I would also try to help Johnny Depp, if he's interested in this relationship, 
to soothe her as well. Uh, he doesn't have to succumb, so to speak, but he could at least reassure her on some level like, look, I don't want to hug you right now, but know that I love you and I'm, I'm trying. Or you know, there's something to give her a signal, some life raft in the sea of and the storm of her emotions. So uh, she's asking for that... <sighs> And she's demanding it, but she's not being abusive in my view. She 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 was asking nicely. She's like, "Please come here. We we're okay. We you know we I've changed and we're working on this and we can't do this again and we're doing it again and you're doing it to." Me. And from his perspective, perspective, I think he's thinking, "Yeah, you're doing it again. You're yelling at me and you're raising your voice and you're making demands and you're you know you're not giving me my space and." So each is asking for something different. She's pleading for closeness, some indication of love while raising her voice, kind of. And he is pleading that she calm down. And this is how they trigger each other. This is, I don't know for them, but often I will see that. That as he is saying, calm down, I will connect with you when you calm down. That's very triggering to her because it puts a stipulation on closeness, which is very scary to these individuals. And then what she does is she's like, no, I will calm down when you come here. And, you know, you can tell that you can see the catch 22 there, right? So... I think that's what's happening. But then when that doesn't work, the pleading and the desperation and the begging doesn't work, then the aggression kicks in. Let's rewind that. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But we don't have to do this every time we disagree. No. No, we don't. We do. Please. We do. Please. Come here. And you have Please come here. Insult. Please come here. I'm not insulting you. I have not been insulting you. I love you. Johnny, what do you need me to do? I love you. Sounds like he's walking away. And yeah, this is when people will summarize borderline. They will sometimes, I don't hear this so much anymore because it, it sounds a little trite, but people will summarize it as I hate you. Don't leave me. I hate you don't leave me. I hate you. Don't leave me. And that's the idealization, devaluation, splitting. So as she's doing this, she's, you know, you, if you just look at it a certain way, she's begging him to not leave her. And she's communicating how she loves him and depends on him and needs him. And at the same time, at the exact same time, it's I hate you and I, I'm going to overpower you and I'm not going to listen to you and I'm not going to respect your boundaries. I don't care about you. I don't care about your feelings, but don't leave me. I don't care about you, but please don't walk away. It, it's that it's happening at the same time. And if you are the recipient of that, it can be very confusing. So I, I think that's what's happening right now, but I can't tell. Stop. Let's smack me on the ear again. I love you. Let's smack my ear again. I think she's calmed down and then said, I love you. And then he said, I love you too. I think that's what's happening. Fucking 
Okay, now he's escalating. And I'll see this in bi-directional abusive relationships where one person will escalate and they've referred to this, right? Like sometimes I go up and sometimes you go up and they'll alternate. And I've talked about this before. The research demonstrates this, that some people will alternate month to month, one month on, one month off. Some people will alternate quick within the same minute. One person is abusive and aggressive verbally and or physically. And then the next minute, the next person is, and that can happen. And there's a lot of chatter online that that's not possible, but of course it is possible. A lot of things are possible, and this is possible, and it's not that rare. It's actually a little common. It's it's not the assumption that we want to have because we want to make sure we're not blaming the victim, and I still am concerned about doing that with this case either direction. But uh, we at least verbally hear aggression from Amber, and then she does manage to bring it down. I think she said, I love you. I'm not sure, which is a good constructive thing to say, and I think he reciprocated. I'm not quite sure. Then he starts to escalate. You can hear it in his voice. And then she's the one saying, calm down, calm down. So I don't know. It just, and I've treated couples like this before. They're not so common to come into therapy, but sometimes they are. And often they're both traumatized in childhood, during their childhood, and they're attracted to each other because of that, because they understand each other. There's often substances, particularly alcohol involved, sometimes a lot of marijuana. And there's a lot of conflict and a lot of fighting. It's almost like a love language in a sense. When you are really upset and you really are desperate to connect with someone and you're trying to communicate to them that you want to connect and you don't like the way things are going right now, it's a love language-ish, I guess, to to escalate and to get very angry. It's It's almost like a show of like, this is how important this relationship is to me. This relationship is so important to me and you are so important to me that I am willing to get aggressive and possibly even violent. And of course, when you say it out loud, it's like, what? That doesn't make But for some people, that's how they were raised. And so they might have even been in the midst of their parents abusing each other or abusing themselves as as children. And the parent might have even been giving this message of, you know, beating the child. So, you know, the, the teenager comes home late from curfew. And the parents are beating the child, saying, we're doing this because we love you. We're, you know, and screaming all night long. We're, we're doing this because we care about you. You can't stay out past curfew whilst calling names and saying you're a slut or whatever it is that they're doing. You can imagine that being very confusing to internalize that mixed message, right? And then when you relate to other people, you just replay that script. And I don't know, it kind of seems like that to me that in terms of what, what they're doing. And why did you put that out there? I did not. You forced me. Your team forced me to by going on the offense. I didn't force you to. I promise. Look up the timeline to these things. Everything is... Forget it. Okay, so I think what is happening is this is a recording that Johnny Depp knew about, maybe Amber as well, but it sounds like the recording device is in Johnny, the where Johnny Depp is, and he's on a speakerphone with Amber Heard. That's what it sounds like to me. I'm not sure. Amber is saying my credibility is all in question now with the media and with the public because of what's happening in the media regarding our relationship. And so Johnny Depp is laying out a way out of this. 
So it must be during their relationship, right? So yeah, he's saying, you know, here's what we'll do. We will make a statement and we'll say, we're working it out and we love each other. And then she says, well, you know, but the statement's about the abuse. And he says, yeah, that is something we have to address. And then I can't remember the sequence, but then there's some discussion around her claiming, I only made the statements, the public statements that you were abusive because you started that fight in the public. And so I responded, but he's saying you started the fight by making those claims. And then he's saying, you know, why did you do that? And she's saying, well, I only did it because you did it or something instead of, well, let's, let's rewind that. Cause I, I think this is kind of telling. Why did you put that out there? I did not. You forced me, your team forced me to by going on the offense. I, I didn't force you to. I did not put this anywhere. I didn't. Uh, let me talk to the team. I did not call the cops. I need to call the cops. You told Iowa to call the cops. Okay, it's hard to tell what this says about what really happened. She could be abused and pleading with him to not hurt her, not leave her, and saying. Uh, you know, yes, it happened. You did abuse me, but I'm sorry that I put it out there. You know, it's not uncommon for victims to worry about that, not only of being further abused, but also of attachment loss. Victims will often, but not always, be extremely attached to the, the person who's abusing them, not because of necessarily, it can be because of trauma bonding or Stockholm syndrome, but it also can just be they're just in love. And, and sometimes people legit in love will have an abusive member or both be abusive. But anyway, so I'm not quite sure. It's an interesting conversation, but I don't know what it says about whether or not there was abuse or not. But if you look at it from the Johnny Depp side, hear her saying, I only said that kind of maybe implying that she lied about it because she was trying to save face or something. I don't know. You could look at it from a lot of different ways. And I think that this whole trial has a lot of these situations where it's basically a Rorschach test where you're looking at an ink blot that means nothing, but you see what you want to see in it, right? And it says more about what's inside of you than what's actually happening. I did not call the cops and I did not give them any statement when they came. I've been trying to protect you. I you told I.O. to call the cops. When? When? While it, while it was happening? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because the last time that it got crazy. Okay. She's saying, I'm sorry I called the cops. I've been trying to protect you. What does that mean? I mean, if I just heard that clip, I would think that sounds like a victim, right? of, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was trying not to call the cops because you'd think if he wasn't abusive, he would say something like, well, I don't understand why you would call the cops anytime. You're the one that's abusive or whatever. But yeah, if I just heard that clip, that sounds to me like a victim apologizing for calling the police when it's totally within their right to do so. Between us, I really did think I was gonna lose my life and I thought you would do it on accident. And I told you that. I said, oh my God, I thought the first time. Amber, I, I lost a finger, man. Come on. I had a I had a, a mineral can, a jar of can of mineral spirits thrown in my nose. 
Okay, so it's hard to know what's being talked about here because they're still talking about what they're going to say to the press, how they're going to get their image. At least she's concerned about her image at this point. And, you know, it's normal. People will attack her for that. Everyone cares about their image, particularly when you're in their role of life and you your image can completely make or break your career. So, you know, there's that. You could argue that it's narcissistic potentially to have that be a major priority, but, you know, we don't know the context. She also said something at the end there of, well, you can tell everyone that it was a fair fight. Who knows what that means precisely, but it could mean that she's saying you can tell the public that it was a fair fight, meaning that that's not reflective of reality, but you can tell the public that. Or is she trying to say it was a fair fight? Okay, we can agree don't say I was a bad person. Tell the press that we both were bad to each other so I can get my reputation back. Or does she know she's the main aggressor and is trying to re-narrativize it as mutual? I don't know. I think if you look at it a certain way, it can come up a lot of different ways. Telling him that he was a, a washed up actor. Um, he was gonna die a, lonely, a fat, lonely old man. Then you heard, uh, you hit me with a can. You heard Okay, so this is one of the employees of the couple overhearing a fight between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And she's saying, I heard Amber Heard saying to Johnny Depp that you're a washed up old fat actor. And yeah, I mean, this is pretty consistent. There's a multiple accounts of both of them being verbally abusive to each other. Pretty awful. And then... Uh, she hears you hit me with a can. I think that's the moment where Johnny Depp says he was hit with a can. If it is, it seems to be Amber Heard's go-to weapon, which is cans and bottles of liquids. We've heard multiple accounts of that. Johnny say you hit me with a can, and then he came down the steps, and Amber was behind him, and she had a, a bottle in her hand, was removed, and there was a, a brief pause at the moment, uh, I think of initial shock or, or uh, uncertainty of why, you know, that we were there. I, they need, neither Johnny nor Amber knew that we were there. Interesting. So it, we've, I've been waiting a long time for some other person to provide witness testimony because of course, Amber and Johnny are motivated to spin or lie to cover and one of them is lying or both of them are lying or other witnesses watching now you could argue that people would be motivated to lie for either person if they were beholden to one but it just lends itself to a little bit more believability because of course if you wanted to stay out of it as an employee of the two of them you could you could just be like i didn't see anything i don't remember anything you know and when you get questioned you're just like i don't remember you know i I, I had, you know, it was a long time ago. I don't remember what happened. So that'd be a way out of getting in trouble with your employer. Who knows? But point is, is that she's saying she hears Johnny saying, you hit me in the face with a can or you hit me with a can. And they're coming down the stairs. Amber Heard is following and she has a bottle in her hand. Who knows what that means? Could mean something, could mean nothing. And then they see her, the employee, and they both are like, oh, we didn't know someone was here. Probably thinking, what did she hear that we just did? Okay, so what does this all mean? Is this another example of Amber being physically abusive to Johnny? He's trying to get away. She's chasing him. She's about to hit him with another bottle of something. 
could be, certainly would be consistent with Johnny Depp's narratives. Is it an example of the two of them being abusive alternatingly and she wasn't going to hit him with the bottle? I don't know. It's just hard to tell, but it is interesting to hear her account. Um, he proceeded to uh, walk back to the John Deere and um, she again walked he was just sitting in the seat he, amber came up to him and was asking him to come back in the house that she was sorry please come back in the house all right so we've heard this story many many times he is trying to get away to de-escalate or to get away from the abuse or both and she chases begs please come back yeah he didn't come out of the seat and she was hugging and kissing him and I love you, I love you. She was telling him I loved you. Um, he didn't react. Johnny sat there. Okay. I mean, it's there's so many stories along these lines and we've heard audio to this effect as well. It looks like she will vacillate between abuse and then will apologize. That's the cycle of abuse, right? And then once she sufficiently sucks him back in, then she lets her guard down. She begins to be controlling again at that point, who knows? Or she's being abused and defending herself at times and is so broken down that she's begging him to not be abusive or to be to love her or something. It certainly doesn't fit with this narrative, but you know, it could be the overall thing. Um, eventually uh, got out of the John Deere um, and proceeded to start to walk away. At that time, Amber started to grab at him and his shirt and, and trying to pull him back to the house. Um, just basically. Again, this is not typical victim behavior. Could a victim do this? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of possibilities, but the this, the numerous stories along these lines, and now again, we have this witness testimony, and she seems to be talking off the top of her head. She's not trying to think, like, how do I spin this or lie or something? You know, she's speaking pretty quickly, and she's saying that then Johnny Depp was trying to, she's like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then uh, Johnny Depp gets to, and he's stoic, and he walks away, and she starts grabbing at him, and that lends itself to the hypothesis of abuse it, it it says i'm entitled i will reach out and grab you now was it i love you and it was empathetic and warm and flexible grab <laughs> hug me please or is it indicative of an attitude of entitlement to his body i, I don't know or what she will resort to when she is worried about attachment loss i don't know viciously trying to pull him back. What did you observe when you went back to the cafe with Mr. Depp? I, when we went back to the cafe, he had a, a mark across the bridge of his nose. Um, I got a bag of ice to put on his on, on it. Well, yeah, pretty damning evidence, again, because it's a witness who says, I heard him reference the can. He's running away. She has a bottle. They see me. Then she starts to be apologetic. She's like, please come back. Please don't leave me. And then she, the witness, sees a mark on his nose, gives him ice for his nose. Yeah, I mean, wow. All right, well, that does it for that episode. Everyone out there, please take care of yourself because you deserve it. You really, really do. Mm -hmm.